What'd you say? I don't need you. I do. Not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. If you disagree, <laughs> join the discussion at Twitter at, at the Rank Podcast, on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com, or email us at therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. I wanted to go back to what we were talking about with Cleveland and how you didn't like Cleveland. Yeah. Bastards. Because you were saying that, and I was like, why doesn't he like Cleveland? Oh, right. The formerly known as Indians, the yeah. Guardians. Now, just, I have a... Go ahead. I was going to say, we just finished a series with them as a filming. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean... How'd it go? Uh, we won. Okay, great. So, um... <laughs> You're like, would you, would you like to, you know, elaborate? I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, and the for our listener is uh, the Yankees. Is mm -hmm. that's Zach's team? Mm -hmm. um, I am a I am a Mets fan. So, um, but I am not. Uh, just actually, Zach and I both agree on this. We we don't get into like the whole. I hate the other New York team. Although yeah. Yankee fans don't usually do that too much anyway, because they've got like five hundred championships. So why do they care? Oh. Um, yeah, right. we have other teams we hate more too. So, yeah, like the Red Sox, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or back in the '90s, the Indians, the Cleveland mm -hmm. Indians, um, now the Guardians. But, but uh, it brought it it brought back a memory. So we were kids; it must have been '96 or '97 or somewhere in that time frame, mid '90s, right? And you came to a Yankees game mm -hmm. with my mom and I. That was my first and, ever game. Yeah, and do you remember who was sitting right behind us? Um, no. A patch of Indians fans, like the only right. Indians yeah. fans in all of Yankee Stadium. We and got I, placed right in the middle of them somehow. Yep, and I remember how much you hate. You talked about it like the whole way back. Sorry. Hey, Tommy, hit a homie. Hey, Tommy, hit a homie. What an idiot. <laughs> Well, it didn't help that the Indians won that game. So. That's right, they did. But oh, you could not stand that woman who kept asking Tommy to hit a homie. <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't feel like a very good cheer to me. I don't. I don't know. And just Another constantly day. repeated it every time Jim Tommy came up. Mm -hmm. I could just see you seething. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate Jim Tommy to this day. Because of that woman, right? That one woman, and I hated David Justice for a long time as well. Yeah. Until he was on the Yankees. What about Manny Ramirez? 
you know, Manny somehow never bothered me, even on the Red Sox. You'd, you'd think he would be a huge thing that bothered me, given he was on the 2004 Red Sox. But no, he was so, such an individual. It was hard to hate him. I have to ask you, what is your take on, on the steroid era? Oh, well, you know, um, it doesn't seem like such an unfair advantage to me, given that everyone had such access to it and everyone and so many people were probably doing it. And the fact that we don't know, it's just hard to know exactly who did what so it's like right. it's not like i mean was roger clemens taking so much more steroids than everybody else yeah uh, you know like and barry bonds I, mm -hmm. and that's the thing like if those two guys specifically like you really think that they're not hall of famers without the steroids like yeah it's so ridiculous how many home runs do you think barry bonds would hit without steroids probably 500 right he would have been in the 500 homer club, maybe even the 600 homer club. Because, uh -huh. like, what, steroids are worth 200 home runs? Like, I should take some steroids then. Yeah, no kidding. Can I get some steroids? It, it's a, such a ridiculous player. They didn't say it was illegal back then. Yeah. Like, so. They didn't say, oh, you can't take steroids in baseball. It was just like an unwritten rule. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you know what? If you don't want people to do it, you should write it in the fucking rules then. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are like, it was illegal, though. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So does sure. that mean that every everybody that's been that smoked weed mm -hmm. um, in sports up until it was legal in a bunch of states now mm -hmm. that they all don't belong in the Hall of Fame because they happen to have done that? I mean, it's just mm -hmm. a stupid. I, I get that you know performance enhancing is different, but it's mm -hmm. just it's a stupid argument. Yeah, I I get people discounting some people's stats, like especially if they failed the drug test or like admitted to it. But don't discount that much. And also, like, it doesn't disqualify you, you know? Right. Well, it's like there were plenty of people that had failed tests that were not Hall of Fame caliber. Yeah. So how come they weren't Hall of Fame caliber? You know? <laughs> Ken Caminiti? Yeah. I mean, look, I, Rafael Palmero should be in the Hall of Fame. Probably. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens. Um, who else? Alex Rodriguez. Um, Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. I mean, it's it's pathetic that these guys aren't in the hall. I think it's such a disservice to the era of baseball that that we grew up in. Yeah, I agree. So, for those of you who came to hear an action movie podcast, <laughs> that has nothing to do with baseball. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we should go into uh, the agenda. This is um, what we're doing. Why, why don't you give us the agenda, Zach? Well, the agenda is um, a list of things that you do over the course of, oh, you wanted the, the show agenda, not a definition of, uh, so on the rank with John and Zach here, we uh, first go into a, a little reek. Wait, do we do recap first? I don't know. <laughs> we, we talk about like, we give a summary of the movie. Yeah. Like a recap of the movie first, right? Yeah. Um, there you go. Yep. Uh, you know, just a quick in case you, you haven't seen it or just want to hear us talk for some reason. Um, and then we go into what we call the potent notables, which are some interesting little tidbits, facts, factoids. What's the difference between a fact and a factoid? I don't know. Um, after which we uh, go into sort of a longer discussion of the plot of the movie, um, which is a large portion of the episode. And then at the end, we uh, go into the rank where we rank 10 categories on a scale of uh, one to five. And then from there, we have an average and uh, figure out what where the where the movie ranks among the greats or not so greats. 
That's a that's a good agenda, Zach. Well, that's you... my last agenda. <laughs> my last agenda was me forgetting where I was for thirty minutes. <laughs> I have to tell you also, a factoid um, mm-hmm. is is actually the toy I was working on at the gym last night. Nice. Um, <laughs> well, that's it, it. It it doesn't really count though, because since you took steroids, so <laughs> performance enhancing toys. When I while I was on the stairmaster. Yes, there. Well, you thought it was necessary. You were like, "Well, it's stairmaster. I gotta take some steroids." You were confused in many ways. There's <laughs> multiple facets to your confusion, which is you I kept all... asking the trainer. So this is gonna help my factoid, right? <laughs> and, uh... and the trainer just didn't want to have to talk to you anymore. So he was, sure, absolutely. Well, the trainer just kept being like, "I don't know who the fuck you are, man." <laughs> We've told and, you you don't have a membership here or yeah. gym ever anywhere. Yeah, also, so I, you know, I never got a straight answer out of him, but Whatever. I did ask him to inject the steroids into my <laughs> rectum. Um, <laughs> Not even into the muscles, straight into the <laughs> rectum. Good lord, <laughs> you've got me squirming over here with that thought. <laughs> he he balked at that, so I would too. Um, hopefully Bring him back use, in baseball here. Yeah, hopefully you'd use like a turkey baster or something, something with some wits to it, not not a, a, a syringe. No, no, I gave him the syringe. I, I hope you like, uh, you know, clinked the side of it like they do on TV beforehand, and then handed it to him. Here you go, and it's like a huge horse <laughs> syringe. He's like, okay, you're now handing me sharp objects. Today we're ranking Raiders of the Lost Ark, the 1981. Okay, Yep, classic, starring Harrison Ford, written by Lawrence Kasdan, who also wrote The Empire Strikes Back, from a story by Philip Kaufman and George Lucas, and mm-hmm. directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm, this is actually going to be our first Spielberg movie. First Spielberg movie, first Harrison Ford movie. First, kind of sort of our first George Lucas movie. First John Reese davies movie. So right. Many so many classics. Mm. Well, we've done James Cameron. Mm-hmm. We've done John McTiernan. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're doing Steven Spiel. We've done the late great Newt Arnold, um, <laughs> but uh, now we're doing uh, some some uh, some Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, it may be a name you recognize from movie movie lore. Well, we ranked already: Aliens, Cliffhanger, Central Intelligence, Bloodsport, The Mummy, Predator, Hero, Iron Man, Speed, Bullet Train, Jason and the Argonauts, Mission Impossible, and Bullet. So Iron Man. It remains the best action movie of all time, but uh, you know, this is an all-time classic. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, like yeah, people like it a lot. I'm curious. I th- so my supposition is that it will end up high on the list, and mm-hmm. I am curious mm-hmm. if it will overtake Iron Man. I don't know if it will. It has it has a shot. It's got the potential. I think. I think. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So if you're listening to this podcast. Like when it dropped on Saturday today, mm-hmm. um, then you might have actually seen the newest installment of the Indiana Jones franchise last night. Mm. I know I did. Uh, yeah, well, I won't have probably. I, I um, will have did. I will have did. Well, um, you have more responsibilities than I do. My only responsibility is to cash money in my hose. Yeah, cash money millionaire. Thug mm-hmm. living pistols in the air. Um, will I'm curious, and maybe we can get some listener feedback on this. 
Did the fifth Indiana Jones hold up to the first? Did it? Did it hold up to you know like the? Did we? Did it reach our expectations of what we wanted from the franchise? Because I know a lot of people were not happy with the fourth one. Will no go on? No, no, go ahead. I without getting too much uh, f- too far afield, <laughs> we're not ranking the fourth one. But I thought the fourth one was fine. I didn't have an issue with it either, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. I didn't, I didn't understand love it, the glamour. You know, South Park said they raped him. So, um, <laughs> perhaps a bit much. Yeah, I thought it was a little over the top. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if the first movie is going to hold up to the test of time here. Mm, that's a good but point. That's what, that's what we're going to find out. So, the movie, if you haven't seen it, follows Indiana Jones. Um, he is a daring archaeologist and adventurer and he has been told to find the ark of the covenant mm. and that is the adventure that we follow because he's trying to to locate that before the nazis do now i've always wondered who are the raiders of the lost ark is it all of them is it just the nazis is it just indy i don't know that's a good question i think it's all of them i think it's all of them i think they're all raider raider yeah. they're all from oakland it's them. Um, Las, well, Vegas, Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> or Los Angeles, if you're Formerly. Because 1981. Yeah, oh, that's um, true. If you're Ice Cube. Although oh. they're in 1936, so. <laughs> There's no such thing. Or there are, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Well, we were Raiders. Yeah, we're the Red Hook Raiders. Red Hook, Red Raiders. The Red Raid, Red. Okay. <laughs> that's too much. All right. Why they changed it. So let's go on to the potent notables. Mm. As always, we're going to start with the box office figures. Mm. This movie has been re-released to theater several times. Spielberg loves that, as yeah. does George Lucas. Yes. Um, but so what it made when it first released in 1981 mm-hmm. was 212.2 million dollars. That's huge. Which is yeah, it's astronomical for 1981. That's just mm-hmm. an insane hit. Mm-hmm. blockbuster of epic proportions it was re-released in 1982 and 1983 and eventually released internationally um i think they re-released it again in 2012 and like 2021 anyway if you include all the re-releases into theaters it made 248.2 million dollars domestically and another 141.7 million dollars internationally for a worldwide total of 389.9 million dollars mm. Now it's funny because we've talked about like the differences in in you know newer box office figures and older ones, but um, that's just so much money for for the time. Yeah, like we like it, you know things are making a billion dollars as a matter of course here now, but that's not just respectable. It's uh, it was yeah, so probably for, probably one of the bigger hits of all time at the time. So for you know maybe younger listeners, and I don't mean younger like kid listeners, but like <laughs> Some you know our age and younger, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think we can express enough just how much money this was in 1981. Yeah, it's like unbelievable how much money it made. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with some of the production pot notables with one that most people already know, mm-hmm. right? But it's still. It's still worth saying, I think. Mm-hmm. The scene where Indy shoots the sword-wielding bad guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was a Harrison Ford idea. It was like mm-hmm. a you know an ad-lib. He was so sick 
that when he tried to use the whip, it just was, it looked terrible. Mm -hmm. So they tried it a few times and then Ford went up to Spielberg and was like, can I just, he said, quote, well, he said that he should try, quote, shooting the sucker. <laughs> and Spielberg agreed. So I think it's pretty awesome. That's such a Harrison Ford thing to say, too. I know, I know. From what I've heard. So here's a cool one. 1999, Raiders of the Lost Ark was added to the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Mm. It's the only Indiana Jones film that has been included. And the, just to let people know, the films that are chosen are um, are chosen based on being, quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Yeah. Or, or aesthetically significant, not and. Either way. I thought the aesthetically was an interesting addition yeah. to it. Um, there was another actually really great Harrison Ford ad lib. Mm -hmm. The line at the end or near the end on the boat with Marion where he goes, it's not the years, honey, it's the mileage. Mm -hmm. Ad lib by Harrison Ford. Those were a couple of the best moments in the movie. And I know. And he ad libbed them. And not and we'll probably end up doing the Empire Strikes Back, but I mean, he's got a lot of classic ad libs, you know. Mm -hmm. I love you. I know. <laughs> well, I thought um, you were just saying that. I got excited. I never hear it. <laughs> so when Brody first goes to Indy's house to discuss the mission, mm -hmm. Jones is dressed the way he is. Right, he's in that robe and everything. Yeah. Have you, when you were watching that, did it seem like why is he in a robe? I just figured it was this house. Yeah. I, I had never really thought about it either, but there was a reason for it. He was supposed to have been with a lady. Oh, did they cut the lady out? Or? They sure did. The script originally wanted Indy to be a playboy, a James oh. Bond type. That was how George Lucas envisioned him. Mm. But Spielberg cut it. He decided that it didn't fit his character. But... Knowing that it sort of helps explain why all the co-eds are like fawning over him, and yeah, one of them writes "love you" on the eyelid on her yeah. eyelids, which is just nuts. I actually kind of like this this version a little bit better. You get the feeling that he's got some playboy tendencies from his history with Marion, but I like the fact that like he looks a little—I don't want to say off-put, but a little, I guess, off-put by the uh, co-eds' advances. But I like that better because it's like he's got other things to think about than sleeping with his students. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm glad that Spielberg took it out because yeah. if he had left it in, I think it would have not aged well. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and, and you do get the sense that he, you know, he, he could, that he can get his share of women if he wants. Right, exactly. Not in our face. Well, I mean, Harrison Ford could get his share of women if he wants. I think so. <laughs> um. So, I mean, there's a couple of things that... So, George Lucas, the original name for Indiana Jones was Indiana Smith, mm -hmm. which Spielberg didn't like. Um, and so, he, George Lucas finally agreed on Jones. Um, Marion was originally going to be a German double agent. Oh. And... Um, they, saved that plot. they saved that plot from the third movie, I guess. Another aspect to the Indiana Jones character, Spielberg plan to make him like an alcoholic mm -hmm. and uh george lucas was like no that's not i like these two because these two the their uh their collaborative uh, spirit here of of hey let's do this no <laughs> just back and forth 
exactly. You, you poo-pooed my Playboy idea. I poo-poo your alcoholic idea. Actually, I'm quite glad that he's not an alcoholic Playboy. Frankly, they, yeah, their ultimate decision was was good there. Right, I they kind of met in the middle, which mm -hmm. was much better. I, I've got a couple things about this same exact thing. So George Lucas and Steven Spielberg vacationed in Hawaii together. Mm -hmm. All right. This was uh, like right around when Star Wars was, the original Star Wars was going to premiere. Mm -hmm. And Lucas ended up creating a tradition about being in Hawaii. It, it, he, during his film premieres, because he, he reasoned that he'd rather get bad news in Hawaii than at home, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> which, yeah. which I think is pretty clever. Yeah. Um, but this actually led to another tradition, and I'm going to let Spielberg explain it here. And by let Spielberg explain it, it means I'm going to read his quote. Quote, George inaugurated this thing about building lucky sandcastles. You build it close to high tide. Then if the sandcastle the next morning is no longer there, the ocean wiped it out, your film will be a flop. But if the castle is still there, the film will be a hit. It was while Stephen and... Oh, so that's end quote. It was while Steven and George were building this sandcastle for Star Wars that Lucas pitched Spielberg Indiana Smith, soon to be mm -hmm. Jones. So it, it was actually it was actually prompted because Spielberg confessed to Lucas that he always wanted to direct a James Bond film. Mm -hmm. And that's when Lucas replied he had a much better idea, an adventure <laughs> movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so after their trip was over, they got together and developed the script with Lawrence Kasdan. Mm -hmm. that's fun so now, George now, Luke oh go ahead I was gonna say now I'm kind of dreaming of a Spielberg James Bond movie though yeah right that would be good one I that would yeah I would I would watch that not instead of but maybe in addition to yeah another James Bond movie but you know mm -hmm. I Spielberg sounds great Apparently, George Lucas was uh, wary of Harrison Ford becoming to him what De Niro became to Scorsese. Mm -hmm. He said, quote, I thought, let's create a new icon, end quote. Mm -hmm. Other actors that were in contention for the role included Jack Nicholson, Sam Neill, Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Don Johnson, and David Hasselhoff. <laughs> let's emphasize under consideration. Yeah. <laughs> with Tom Selleck being officially offered the part. Ooh, I guess I can see that, but in retrospect, it just seems so... Not right? Yeah, nobody except for him seems right, so... Yeah. So, he actually had... Tom Selleck was the one who had to turn it down because of Magnum P.I. contractual obligations. Oh, well, thank you, Magnum P.I. And the other interesting one was Sala. Or mm -hmm. That's Sala, right? That's how they say it in that? I can't remember. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Well, the first one they offered it to was Danny DeVito. Now, I love Danny DeVito. <laughs> but I'm kind of glad they didn't offer him the part of the Egyptian guy. Not that I know what Jonathan Reese davies you know, ethnic background is, but... Well, he also had to turn it down, and this time was because of Taxi. Oh, I didn't even know... Yeah, I guess Taxi was on the air at the time. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> So these TV shows like really messed with the, the careers of their actors. It's kind of crazy. I think, you know, you hear about TV star stars, you know, people on TV shows not wanting to renew contracts long term and stuff like that, or like leaving the show in order to go be in movies. And this I kind of get why. it. Yeah. yeah. And not just like, I hope I'm in movies, but like, 
you can imagine being offered good parts that go on to make money and you're like damn it i gotta get off the show yeah and the shows could be good you know it's yeah. not like magnum pi or taxi were bad shows mm -hmm. um i've never seen an episode of either but i've heard that they're good i love taxi i've never seen magnum yeah taxi theme song almost made it on my my theme song list see see top 10 theme songs for more which will come out in three days <laughs> um according to uh george lucas also raiders of the lost Ar lost ark was quote turned down by practically every studio in town end quote um now what's interesting about this is that you know he makes it sound like oh they were all none of them wanted to make it i had to shop it around but really what it was is that the studios first of all they didn't think it could be made for 20 million dollars mm. and they didn't like george lucas's demand or demands right he wanted to control all licensing and sequel rights mm -hmm. which was something he learned because of star wars right yeah um the other issue was that spielberg was attached which was apparently a problem even though he had done jaws and close encounters of the third kind at this time he was coming off of 1941 oh right which yeah. was a flop right so they thought spielberg was like a bad investment flash in the pan type thing mm. um good job studios prescient how's that working out for you <laughs> yeah exactly he started his own fucking studio mm -hmm. um dreamworks anybody skg mm -hmm. spielberg katzenberg and geffen mm -hmm. um this so quote george lucas again the studio was saying if you can get another director there then we can do it end quote to lucas's credit he was quote he, he to lucas's credit he quote was committed to steven mm -hmm. um even spielberg acknowledged this when he said quote i just wanted to make a movie where people would say he's a responsible director who came in under budget and under schedule end mm -hmm. quote. you should have hired tom cruise <laughs> yeah really he even said that he saw raiders as a chance to prove his merit mm -hmm. I, I don't really understand that when the your past two of your the, the two of your last three movies were mm -hmm. gigantic hits yeah Jaws one like of them being mind. like an all-time blockbuster yeah. so whatever yeah Stands ridiculous. were the, i think they were both critically well received at the time too so yeah they were whatever um but here's the deal that lucas ended up getting the studio financed 18 an 18 million dollar budget and the entire thing mm -hmm. And somehow, even though they financed the entire budget, Lucas owned 40% of the film and mm -hmm. would collect almost half of the profits after the studio grossed a certain amount. Ah. I don't know what the certain amount was. Yeah. So turned out pretty well for good old Georgie boy there. Uh, he's very rich, it would seem. <laughs> See if he can lend you some money, maybe. Yeah, really. It's <laughs> kind of interesting, right? Because both Spielberg and Lucas, are they're both billionaires. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of any other directors in cinema that are billionaires now. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Well, you know, the, the, the number of hits that these guys have. Unbelievable. Oh, I read an account by Alfred Molina, mm -hmm. who was in his first ever role, which I didn't know before I was, you know, doing my research for this. Mm -hmm. um, not that I didn't know, like... I just didn't realize it was Alfred Molina, basically. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it doesn't really look totally like him. Yeah. So he played the guide in the beginning, who ends up with tarantulas, tarantulas all over him. Mm -hmm. And I just I have to read this quote. 
So, quote, the tarantula thing, that was my first day. <laughs> and that was my first shot. <laughs> so they put, I don't know how many, at least a couple of dozen, and they are all on me, and they're not moving. And I hear Stephen say something like, why aren't they moving? They look fake. <laughs> End quote. All of the spiders were male, okay? <laughs> so they added a female to the mix to see if it stirred anything up, and it sure did. So back to the quote here. Quote, suddenly all hell breaks loose. These spiders are fighting, and they're running all over my face. And Stephen, <laughs> and Stephen is going, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> Alfred yeah. Molina is like the movie business sure is fun yeah that would have been the end of my acting career yep. be like, <laughs> okay goodbye then like, oh yeah spider tarantulas on my face so mm -hmm. yeah, I don't mm -hmm. think I need this um so I, this I thought was really funny Spielberg was absolutely enamored with the boulder <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah it, you know I mean it's you know, it's supposed to look like a giant granite boulder, and it was like a 300-pound plexiglass thing, right? Mm -hmm. And he just – so before it showed up on set, it was only supposed to be like a quick thing that Indy got out of the way of. Yeah. But when Spielberg saw it, he was like, I have to give it more screen time. <laughs> and he would later marry the boulder. Yeah. Ending in his first very expensive divorce. Um. Harrison did the stunt himself, actually, mm -hmm. and and they did ten takes of this. Oh. Spielberg said, "Quote: He won. He won ten times and beat the odds. He was lucky, and I was an idiot for letting him try." <laughs> Three hundred pounds, you know, thing going after your star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good goes, thing he made it every yeah, time. Good it goes slightly differently, and uh, is it, can anyone call Tom Selleck? Yeah. <laughs> we might need Don Johnson on this. So here's some more crazy shit. Harrison Ford said, quote, in the famous shot of me facing the Cobra, you can barely see a reflection on the sheet of glass that was between myself and the Cobra. Mm -hmm. They took some elaborate precautions on that occasion. End quote. So the decision is a good, it was a good thing they put the, yeah, the, thing there because during one take the cobra actually spit venom toward ford you know i was actually kind of wondering how they did that shot because it seemed awful dangerous yeah and the way they got the cobra to like um well i'll talk about it in a little bit i got another one so i don't know if you remember this from predator and i feel like there was another one but i can't remember which one we've ranked but uh they all caught the whole crew caught foodborne illnesses uh -huh including Harrison Ford and everything, which is why he was super sick and why he shot the gun instead of doing the whip at the sword-wielding guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the only Spielberg didn't get sick because mm -hmm. he only ate his cans of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> Quote, I just literally opened my cans and, sometimes cold, just had my breakfast, lunch, and dinner from canned foods. <laughs> So smart Be guy, lazy, you know, bachelor food, just saving his uh his immune system, I guess. <laughs> Harrison Ford actually tore his ACL during filming. Really? Yeah. He. So you remember the the they got the plane and and the pilot dies and it starts moving and so it's like a runaway plane. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. 
at one of the scenes where they're filming, uh, Harrison Ford falls down. Mm -hmm. And the plane runs over his knee. Okay. That seems pretty serious to me, but all right. I, yeah. I So, I mean, luckily for him, the heat had turned the rubber tires really soft, so it didn't crush the bone. Mm -hmm. um, but he was really reticent to get Tunisian healthcare. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, you know what? I'll just read Harrison Ford's quote for this. At a certain point, I slipped and fell and the wheels rode up onto my knee. Mm -hmm. I just wrapped it up and put ice on it and carried on. Okay. <laughs> so he, he tore his ACL and, they, and then he insisted that they just keep filming. It seems more painful to, than than that to me. Yeah, I don't know how you continue filming. He's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Das Boot? Um, I have not seen it. No. No, I've seen. I used to own it. I don't know what happened to it, but. Um. Well, you have seen one of the submarines from Das Boot. Oh. Is that is that the, this movie? Yep. Yeah, the the U boat there that pulls them over i guess yep exactly they the raiders team rented the das boat the das boot boat and they put their own numbers on it mm -hmm. and that that was it i just thought that was kind of funny um the body blow sounds from like the punches and stuff mm -hmm. were all created by hitting a pile of leather jackets with a baseball bat mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, i guess that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> So, Steven Spielberg and Melissa Matheson, who was uh, visiting her husband on set, um, wrote a script during shooting breaks on the location of this film. First of all, do you know who her husband was? No. Harrison Ford. Okay. Um, so, the script that they <laughs> wrote together... Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, the script that they wrote together during the filming of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm -hmm. E.T. <laughs> Just in your spare time, right? You know, yeah. another, another the, probably the biggest movie of all time when it when it was all said and done. Yeah, it's like crazy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I got another crazy. Uh, just this might remind you of Predator, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so one of Steven Spielberg's two favorite scenes was the monkey raising his paw in a Nazi salute and saying <laughs> yeah. Heil Hitler. Mm -hmm. The other one was the where doesn't it hurt love scene. Mm -hmm. um, but Frank Marshall, one of the producers, said they got the monkey to do the Nazi salute by dangling a grape just off camera in front of mm -hmm. the monkey with a fishing pole. Yeah. And that took about 50 takes to get that right. And then they brought in Frank Welker to do the chattering sounds for the monkey. Frank Welker, the Andy Circus of his day, I guess. Yep. So the monkey was dubbed by Frank Welker. <laughs> Couldn't even tell. Including for the Seagile-like sound. <laughs> Can you imagine? You get brought in to say, all right, we need you to do Seagile, but like a monkey. He's like, he's like, say no more. Say less. Here, here's my favorite part of this. You know what other uh, credits Frank Welker has? What? Voice acting credits. He did Abu in Aladdin. <laughs> So he was a monkey expert. Yeah. <laughs> I just really enjoyed that. I like the idea of Disney being like, who can we get to do this monkey? And then Steven Spielberg's in the room somehow. And he says, I might know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So the last line that they added to the script was Dietrich's, I am uncomfortable with this Jewish ritual, mm. right? And they added it because after reading through the script, the screenwriters realized, hey, there's no mention of the Jews or the Nazis' hatred of them. So <laughs> yeah, let's put that in there. <laughs> and, in, and in response, Steven Spielberg wrote Schindler's List during his break. <laughs> and Munich. Yeah, and Munich, right. <laughs> He's like, don't um, worry, I have something to say about that. <laughs> So John Williams, uh, one you know, amazing uh, composer. Mm. He actually wrote two themes for the movie, but Spielberg loved them so much that he actually asked him to use both, and that's mm -hmm. how we got one of the most famous themes of all time. Oh, so they were different? Did he combine? Yeah, them? he combined them. <laughs> how about that? That doesn't usually work with abilities. <laughs> I didn't think. I know. I thought we'll just cool. mishmash them. <laughs> da, 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 <laughs> I was discordant. <laughs> da, 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 <laughs> I don't know what either of those themes were. Um, no, I, I mean, I think this is my favorite John Williams theme. You know, but oh, I don't know. That's tough. He's it's really so hard to say. Ones. I don't know. <laughs> that. that should be a top ten. We do. It really should be. It'd be yeah, easily you know ten ones that all of which are could be number one basically. Yeah, exactly. But uh, now to create the sound of the heavy lid of the arc being slid open, mm -hmm. sound designer Ben Burt simply recorded himself moving the lid of his toilet cistern at home. <laughs> I will say that, that that does make that kind of noise. And now, next time I have to do that, I'm definitely going to be uh, we're removing the fucking the whole arc lid. Oh, Jesus, what's in this? <laughs> You have the spirit of God in your fucking toilet. Actually, I if God, it, you know, they, they say God is everywhere, right? But I've always yeah, wondered if God is in the toilet. So, I mean, maybe. 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 Well, well especially when it's according to this movie, he is. At least the sound of it. Yeah. Um, now, during the Well of Souls scene, snake handler Stephen Edge served as the double for Marion's legs. <laughs> you mean when she's dangling? Yeah. According to Edge, Karen Allen's stunt double refused to stand in amongst the snakes. Mm -hmm. So Steven Spielberg offered him the chance by asking if he was willing to shave his legs and put on a dress. <laughs> he just walked into the room, though, and he said, hey, how, how do you look in a dress? And Steven Edge was like, better than you know. <laughs> um so yeah the final potent notable i got here is just uh that this movie was filmed all over the place uh mm. tunisia is the most infamous location because they sort of all hated it there mm -hmm. um but they also filmed in a bunch of different spots in the uk they filmed in la rochelle france hawaii arizona and california now was tunisia the location where they filmed a lot of the mummy where they had issues too or was that morocco that was Morocco for them. Okay. Yeah. So just in general, North Africa. Yeah, right. Exactly. Not necessarily the most stable place in the world, but. Well, let's move into the movie overview. Hey, can I, can I give a quick potent notable that you. Oh, please. I assume saw, but maybe decided not to do, but I, it occurred to me that I knew it when you mentioned the, they changed the numbers on the U-boat. Okay. It fits right into the beginning of the movie too, because I mean, I, I, did you notice the 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 numbers on the uh, the biplane, the seaplane that is waiting for Indy? No, I didn't. They are OB three PO. 
Oh, actually, I did see that. I, I okay. Well, I didn't see it in the movie, but I saw the I saw the the notable. Yeah, the notable. Yeah. Well, that's that's on purpose. It's also so. it's actually it's in oh it's, it's somewhere else in the movie too. I think I think they have they drew three PO on like a hieroglyph or something. Yeah, it's something. I think it's in the Well of Soul of mm-hmm. Souls that they have some. They have R two D two and C three PO again. I imagine Lucas being like, "Hey, Steven, <laughs> can we can we add my other movie thing in this? Did you, did you see that? I made that movie. It was good." <laughs> yeah, I was in Hawaii with you waiting for it. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, remember?" <laughs> and, yeah, I just wanted to point that out that that made a lot of money. <laughs> Also, Harrison Ford. All right, so let's go into the movie overview then. So I I started it and I thought, boy, it's been a long time since I've since I've seen this. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while either. And, I, and right away, I was like, oh, there's Alfred Molina, right right in the beginning. Um, right in the beginning, it's interesting because all the all the indie movies have that thing where it's ended up being a good thing that it was Paramount who decided to go with the movie because they. They add a little mountain. Oh yeah, yeah. Into the beginning of all of them. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a really cool introduction, indie, don't you think? Because yeah, he, uh, he doesn't turn around for a lot of the opening credits. We just see him from the back. Well, I was thinking it's really interesting. Like, I sort of miss the days when the opening sequences were the you know the production company logos mm-hmm. and stuff only took like two seconds. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, now it's. I think Family Guy does a bit about this actually, where it's just like, you know, you're like, oh, the movie's, oh, no, it's not, it's a production company. It's another random production company. It's splitting (laughs) these profits 37 ways, apparently. Yeah, exactly. It's because every star of the movie has to have their own company. And I mean, I get it. You know, you want to have some say in it, but. But uh, there also used to be like six and you knew them all, you know? Right, exactly. So the production companies, they, so it was just the distributor had their logo, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then you would see, like, like in this one, you saw Lucasfilm Limited production. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't yeah. like a thing. Yeah, like a Lucasfilm like a whole limited. a whole title card or whatever. I don't know. Right. I was so, gonna mention, I was gonna mention I don't know. Um, a, uh, it's not important or anything, but the 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 way they frame indie mm-hmm. at the opening here, you know. We see the mountain, and then a couple of you know, indie steps up, but like we only see him from the back. A couple other guys step up. Most of the rest of the guys look behind them, but Indy never does. Like they look back a couple of times because you know the whole thing is worrying and nerve wracking and everything. But Indy is implacable until um, the other guy pulls a gun, and Indy turns around and we get the whip, and he whips it out of his hand, and you see like, yep, but we see Harrison Ford's. Epic visage, you know, his face carved in granite. And it's a very cool, very, very cool introduction to Indy. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, have to, you have to think that, like, they didn't know Indiana Jones is a brand new intellectual property at the time. People obviously probably knew the, 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 what the character was inspired by and everything like that, since it's all based on the, the serials that Spielberg and Lucas grew up on. But, like, that's like the perfect introduction. He's already super cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can only yeah. imagine being a kid and just being like, well, this guy's awesome. And just like, I'm already into this movie. Like, I don't Yeah. Know. You know, it's funny. Cause like, I feel like kids of, of, you know, people of our age 
they probably watched this when they were kids. Like, did you watch this when you were a kid? Oh yeah. See, I didn't. I, I if I did, I don't remember it that. Way. I don't. I think the thing is, this wasn't like a big movie for my mom. Yeah. But she loved Star Wars, so I saw Star Wars a ton when I was a kid. Yeah. But not this one. And I saw. I mean, I saw it, but it wasn't like the wasn't one the that repeat you, viewing yeah, one. You know, and everything. Yeah. It's actually um, kind of. It's actually kind of. I'm sorry. You you probably have a point. You're working. no, no. Go go. I was gonna say it's kind of funny because it's a little bit of a long story. I guess not that long. Anyhow, uh, my siblings and I all. I have two siblings, an older and a younger, so I'm in the middle. Um, we all had our own favorite Indiana Jones movie, and at that time there were only three. Um, my sister's favorite was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and she used to she used to. Uh, make fun of the of the other two of us because if you looked up we used to have a book it was leonard malton's yeah i have guide. I had that one too <laughs> yeah and if you look it up well you also it, had the dog bone one how do you remember the dog bone one that one i had for completely forgotten that one until you just said it just now that that was the one that you always pointed pointed to and we were like looking stuff up yeah jesus christ i feel like know? leonard malton was actually after that book you loved yeah. that dog bone book well, you know, back then you didn't have access to movie reviews the way you do today. I know, I know. You're gonna go through the archives of the Chicago Sun Times or some shit. But my <laughs> sister, my sister used to point to because that one uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark had the best, you know, dog bone rating. I guess and five like, bones. Yeah, and she'd be like, "Ha ha, this is better than your two's favorites." And we were like, "Rars anger." But did I, you? Did you and your? Did you and Eric have the same? Like no, no. you said, they, every one of you had liked a different one, right? Different one, yeah. His favorite was Temple of Doom, and my favorite was Last Crusade. Really? Yeah. I could, I thought for sure you would say that yours was Temple of Doom. I like but, Temple of Doom a lot today, but at the time it wasn't. I the bugs freaked me out. It's like you know when they reach into the hole and it's like nothing but creepy crawlies. There's a lot of stuff that freaked me out about Indiana Jones. I remember seeing Temple of Doom. I saw it. I didn't see it with my mom, but I remember seeing it like like a babysitter's house or something. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what it was, Yeah. but I remember him ripping out the heart and I was just like, no, I'm done with this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's intense. And the, and the, I don't know how they did it, but it looks good today. Even like, if you watch it today, it's like, Jesus, this actually looks kind of convincing, like without digital effects or anything. Well, but, uh, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I I'm sure we'll end up watching it, but yeah. Uh, I remember being terrified of that. Um, I think we had, I think our, me and my siblings' favorites, um, to get back to that quick, was, were, oh, sorry. Pre- that's okay. It's predicated, I think it was predicated somewhat on us uh, empathizing or identifying somewhat with the indie sidekick in it. And I think my sister identified somewhat with Marion Ravenwood. We'll get into why, probably. But it's actually kind of funny that she's as much a sidekick as a love interest. Um, <laughs> I'm your goddamn partner, she says. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my brother identified with Short Round somewhat, because he was, I mean, like, my sister was probably 11 or 12. I was probably 9 or 10, and my brother was even younger. So he kind of probably identified with a kid, and there's more kids in that plot. And I weirdly identified with... Indy's father, played by Sean Connery. Well, I actually really, I think that was always my favorite, actually. I mean, I I wasn't super into the series, but I, I always really mm-hmm. liked that one. It's, I it's, found it, it to be more accessible. It is accessible, as a matter of fact. This one is uh, a little bit, I don't want to say more difficult, but 
headier things. I think they get a little more lighthearted as they go on, which I think not everybody I loves. Could see. Yeah, that's what but. they tend to do with those with, with any IP, really. Mm-hmm. And that's I know a lot of people didn't like that about um, Kingdom of the Crystal. Wait, no, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is that what it's called? Yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But you can see a lot of the hallmarks of some of the lighthearted goofiness, even in Raiders of the Lost Ark here, just less so. Yeah, I mean, I I felt like this one was pretty lighthearted too. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, actually, even like right in the beginning. I know it's, I don't know if it's meant to be lighthearted. It's a little bit kind of slapstick in my yeah. opinion. Um, but like, so they, they, they're like walking through the, you know, the jungle or whatever. And they come up to like a statue mm -hmm. and it's a head. Yeah. And one of the guys just screams at the top of his lungs and just runs away. His, his screaming is intense. I noticed yeah. that too this time. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this guy is fucking like, I got the bat. It's funny because bats come out of it, right? So I guess that's scary, whatever. But yeah. like, his, his reaction is above and beyond. And also, he started screaming before the bats even came out. So it was like, okay. Exactly. It was just like, oh my God, it's a head. Yeah. You'd think <laughs> this guy would be used to, you know, I don't know what thinking heads or whatever yeah i was like really confused as to what he was so freaked out by <laughs> but whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah i mean it didn't it wasn't like it was like oh this movie's stupid because this guy did this it was just like whoa it's a momentary thing <laughs> what happened to that guy <laughs> <laughs> you'd think you'd be used to this going trekking through the jungle guiding people but what the fuck ever so they get to this uh there's signs right of throughout the jungle that they you know the they're being hunted by the i don't remember the name of the tribe if it's even a real tribe right. and well creepy. The, it's like ooh, a poison dart yeah <laughs> Alfred molina licks it he's like mm. yeah, yeah delicious weird. <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's how you tell but i mean um yeah so like you know it's it's they're doing a good job building tension even amidst some of the hokier aspects and i think they very much went for like you know i don't want to say over the top but it's like the nature of the genre to be kind of broad in some of your humor and characterizations so that's probably i guess what they were going for with the guy screaming his fucking head off <laughs> well you run away and is he gone then i can't yeah he's just gone he's gone forever <laughs> after that <Bye. laughs> i actually was thinking about it and you know so i was thinking about the the way we were talking about Spielberg and the potent notables. Mm -hmm. And when you sort of look at the direction of this movie, as opposed to movies that are later, you know, like even after ET and stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean, once this and then ET, it was like, you know, he could do whatever he wanted. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. But he was, he seemed very deliberate in this. Like there wasn't a lot, a ton of subtlety, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a poison dart, you know, like yeah. it was very much like, look at this, look at this. I, I'm, I'm giving this to you on a silver platter, you know, yeah. please go see this movie so that yeah. I can do stuff that I want to do. Not that, that he I, didn't want to do this, you know what I mean? But no, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, it certainly seems deliberate, whatever, whatever was going through his mind. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like, like for instance, you know, we, we want to, like, when we go into the cave, right, 
the mm-hmm. fucking the spider webs that they walk through. I know. It's, it's like ridiculous. what is the fucking spider from Lord of the Rings living in here? I don't. And then of course you know they're covered in them, which upset me when I was a kid because I was afraid of spiders. And oh, you, we already talked about Alfred Molina. <laughs> Yeah, being covered in spiders. Oh, I did not like. I'm still not a big fan of spiders. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I maybe don't run away screaming from them anymore. But well, I run away screaming from giant heads. <laughs> yeah, right. I just, I'm going. I'm like, nice. never mind. I don't want to be in this movie anymore. It was a very quick callback that I apparently yes. just missed. <laughs> and we just thought we talked about. We just talked about running away and screaming, and I'm like, this is a new thought that I just had. Mm. <laughs> uh i also that whips that first whip scene when you know he's like a badass mm. i uh i didn't remember the music being quite so absurdly epic <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's very like again to go with like the no subtlety thing that yep. he was going for just very like, on the nose <laughs> this is our hero this guy do you see him yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and well, I, I actually don't know. Do you happen to know if it was if they made this like a bit more geared toward kids, or was it just sort of supposed to be your general audience pleaser? I can't imagine that this was geared towards kids because there's a lot of blood. There is a lot, and some gruesomeness. Yeah, so I think it wasn't necessarily geared towards. I think it, it was. So that I think they marketed it towards kids in the sense that you know. They felt like Indiana Jones was a mm-hmm. good kid hero, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the actual elements of the movie are very, I mean, the, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves here, but the end, their fucking faces melt off. You know? It doesn't seem kid-friendly to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there's another point that, like, I, I'm not sure that, like you said, with the heart in, in Temple of Doom and this one at the end, it's just like, wow. This is, yeah. <laughs> I remember being a kid and just being like, this is a bit much. This Hebrew God is not happy. <laughs> he tended not to be, if you read the Old Testament. Um, <laughs> but uh, I actually, so you, to, after, when they get into the cave and the, and the spiders are all over them, mm-hmm. I actually wrote, no fucking way am I doing yeah. anything with a bunch of tarantulas on me. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> like, you, like you were saying about Alfred Molina's first day, and it's just like, well, that was a, that was a fun acting career. Yeah, exactly. I'd be all done. Yep, <laughs> I just, never... I couldn't, I, I said that before I, like, watched the movie again, and I saw the scene, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. Oh, Still. Damn. And he would go on to to fight Spider Man. How about that? Yeah, and he would have eight in arms, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know what I always liked? He basically was a big tarantula. Well, yeah, that's what I always liked about Doc Ock's costume. Costume. It's hard to say. It turns out because one year, our one year we made our dog a uh, spider costume for Halloween, and people at the we used to go to Petco or PetSmart. I don't know, fucking, and people were like. Oh, why does he only have four legs, though? And we're like, well, the spider part has four legs because he has four legs. So altogether, he's got eight legs. (laughs) So apparently they wanted him to have 12 legs, I guess. So anyway. Yeah, people are dumb. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's like explaining that. Not our listeners, though. 
Not no, our listeners. listeners. Our listeners, listeners are all genius. Well, you know, we know right. of one listener for sure, and we know that they are not stupid. So, <laughs> exactly. Actually, that one listener is a Manson. So, yeah, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I, I, I keep saying they. I don't know why I'm like trying to hide their identity. I know. I know. <laughs> so, if my mom likes it, then you all should like it because she's a genius. She's a genius. No, like, yeah, like for real. So, although I, I, I uh, where were we here? I was going well, to get back to the movie, and I got lost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Doc Ock, of course. Um, yeah. No, Spiders, Alfred Molina, scary. Um, yeah, and then and then Alfred Molina is the first, like, you know, well, actually not the first death, right, because he shoots a guy. Yeah. Um, Does the guy? Yeah. Yeah. The, de right. the death toll on this is actually kind of high when you think about it. Yeah, and he's kind of murdering people occasionally. Okay, so like, like, Yeah, well, like, not many qualms either. Like, it's just uh -huh. like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, okay, bye. And or like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't shoot somebody. It was. It was. I'm thinking, he doesn't pull the gun. He, yeah, he the whips the gun out of his hand. Right. So yeah, never mind. That's exactly. So, it. so Alfred Molina is the first death. Which oh, no. no, he's not. No, no, you're right. I was gonna oh, say. Okay. I don't know why I was saying the word no, but um, <laughs> you're right because like this, this, this kind of gets to a thing that actually bothered me as an adult watching this in 2023. Is that Indiana Jones is a really bad archaeologist, a really bad scientist? Yeah, um, he's 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 a, he's a, he's a tomb raider and a treasure hunter man. Is what he is. I and was, I literally thought that I I I like want to read this to you. So I'm sorry. You no, you no. say what you're gonna say. I'm just excited because I wrote the same thing. No, it's just Go handy that he that he goes to places that have no real local law enforcement or care, and he's white and can do what he wants. You know. <laughs> Like he's just shooting people in Cairo, and the, the Egyptian police are apparently like, "Well, nothing to do about that." Sword guy got shot in the bazaar, and everybody saw it. But yeah, and everybody saw it, and it's yeah. fine. Yeah, nobody cares. Whatever. Well, he was going <laughs> to attack the guy, I guess, or whatever. And also, the guy's American, so what are we going to do? <laughs> I mean, it was during wartime, kind That's of, true. sort of. That's so true. I guess there's that. But was Egypt in the war in 1936? I don't think so. Um, they were well. They were probably a pawn in the war. Um, but it, it was a British territory, right? So I believe anyway, it so. It they, but they weren't at war with Germany in 1936. But no, I don't believe so. Anyway, then uh, I what I wrote is mm -hmm. it's interesting. This is kind of glorifying the grave robbing and antiquities plundering that we Europeans mm -hmm. did for centuries. And I, I was thinking, I don't know that I've ever looked at it through that lens before. Mm -hmm. I think it's the first time I've watched Indiana Jones, you know, any Indiana Jones been like, wait a second, he's just like robbing their shit. Yeah, he's just taking it. <laughs> and we're supposed to be like excited that he's getting away from the locals who are like, well, actually, they're working with another guy to, yeah. to, to let him steal their shit, I guess. But still. I mean, they revere it as a religious artifact, and he's just like, "I want this for my museum back in wherever I'm from." I actually don't exactly, and I, like we're all just okay with this, and he's the hero. Yeah, it's so the, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I you're rooting for the guy; you can't help it. Which yeah. you know, but yeah. Anyway, but uh, in uh, in Last Crusade, at the very beginning, there's the part where he, he he says it belongs in a museum, but like, does it always? Some of these don't actually, I don't think. Some of these maybe belong in museums in Egypt, say. Or well, in, you know, I, I, it, it makes you wonder, like, okay, 
couldn't we just take a picture at this point? We have the technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, make it like a legitimate expedition that you have like equipment for and not just you're showing up in your with your whip and your gun and <laughs> doing whatever you're gonna do. Well, you know, so we have that boulder scene, right? And you know, we don't really need to talk about it, obviously, because we talked about it in the potent notables and everybody knows it, but it's such an iconic scene. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking sort of the last time I saw Harrison Ford was in the, you know, doing action was in the most recent Indiana Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the most recent Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. And, you know, he's older, so he's like, doesn't run all that fast, you know? I, re I, I think I remember watching Air Force One also, and it was kind of you know, he's just, he's not like a super like athletic type of mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. But then I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, he's actually, he's pretty fast and like mm -hmm. actiony and athletic and everything. So it's just interesting seeing, uh, I guess I don't really have much of a point there. I just thought it was <laughs> interesting. Who needs, to who needs a it. point, right? Yeah. Who needs it? He was probably in good shape. I think he was working as a carpenter before he started acting. Uh, yeah, well, he got what American Graffiti when he was yeah. 28, I think. Yeah. So something like that. Um, which is, like, you know, fairly old when you think about it. Yeah, I always feel good because we're old as fucking dirt now. And I like when I like when actors didn't start until later, like Samuel L. Jackson was like in his 30s or something before he acted. Yeah. It makes it makes you feel like, well, I've got a chance if I ever if I ever wanted to get into acting, you know, I could do it. Like Buscemi, right? He didn't yeah. get until until he's like forty or something. Yeah, he was a firefighter as well. Right. So um and he's like, yeah. this this is this work is harder we, than acting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We have, we have time to get into the MCU yet. Don't worry. Any day now. <laughs> I that would be amazing. I plan um, on I plan on being DACA. Well, I think I think it's too late for that, but no, it's the new DACA. I was I was gonna go for the blob on X Men. Well, you're you know? all set. Yeah, I mean, no makeup needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was I was I was listening to Tom Joyner. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, I don't. He's a radio guy in New York, or was, because I was listening to this when the uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie came out. And uh, I can't really repeat too much of the joke joking they were doing because. I am not of the same race as the people they were talking about, but ah, okay. George Wallace, the actor, uh, was in Planet of the Apes, and uh, he was playing a gorilla, and they were joking about how he didn't need any makeup. And I was like, Ooh, "This is this is edgy. I don't think I'm allowed to listen to this." <laughs> I don't think why I was. Well, anyway, so you don't. Yeah, you're all set to be the blob. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll be Toad, I guess. So then they, you know, they sh they. Sh they show up. Uh, when, when did one of the snakes show up? I can't even remember now. This the first snake shows up in the guy's plane. Oh, it's in the plane. That's right. So, which is weird because they flew there, right? Yeah, so how did he not notice the snake until now? And what? also, like, it, I'm I'm actually with Indy here. It, it makes good sense to tell the person who's sitting down in the thing that there's a snake in your seat, because like. If not for no reason other than you could sit on it. So I disagree. I think that's just, a oh. lovely surprise. Okay, that um, is a good surprise. For the snake also. So yeah, exactly. Well, you know, 
the snake especially, right? Yeah. The snake's um, looking towards it. The snake's sitting there like. <laughs> I I also enjoyed though, like so when you know the Renee shows up there, um, which by the way, Renee sounded German in the beginning, and by the end, he's he sounds French. I, I thought so too. In fact, in my memory, he was German just for some fucking reason. Probably because all of them are. But I actually agree. His his accent's a little wonky. I don't know anything about the actor, but. Yeah, well, I feel like he was supposed to be French. Yeah. No, yeah, they mentioned him being French at some point, I think. I thought so. Well, anyway, I mean, his name's Rene, for Christ's sake. That's, that's very French. Let's but, see. The actor is Paul Freeman. He's just a guy. So his, his, his accent might be wonky. Or maybe it's on purpose. Maybe because, like, if I were making this movie and it was, like, based on these stupid, you know, comic books and shorts and everything that we used to watch when in the 40s when I was a kid or something, um, I'd, I'd cast actors who just had bad accents because that's what they did back then. Too. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe. Maybe that's maybe. why they did it. Well, anyway. Well, I, I just, I really, what I enjoyed, though, in that interaction is that he's like, well, you should have learned to speak the language. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, one word, and then it's like, the the word for kill him is... Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I, I can speak the language fluently, I know all the... And he's like, I gotta fucking do the universal, like, killing sign with the really serious sound effects. Well, yeah, that was, to me, it was, that was the part that got me. He's like, he could have just done, like, the sign language mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. could have just signed it no big deal i don't even think i would have thought twice about it but it was the yeah sound that it was like oh is that their language <laughs> are you communicating <laughs> well he is french you know and i and then so then indy gets to the plane he gets in and the snake we were just talking about i just thought it was such like a silly way to show the hero's weakness yeah because it was like his his reaction just felt very like I, I get it. There's a snake there, and you don't like snakes, but he's like, I hate snakes. It was yeah. very much like, oh right, no, some more non subtle stuff. Like, yeah, you think that's gonna come back later? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and if he it hates felt, snakes, I'm not sure the jungle and the desert is really the place that he should be spending all his time. Yeah, no kidding, right? But then by the end of the, at least the fourth movie, he's still very afraid of snakes, and it's like this. Like immersion, immersion therapy isn't working for him. Yeah, no kidding. He it's... has faced his fear, and it does not matter. Nope, it just is still snakes. But he, he, I just felt like he could have looked directly into the camera and said it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he winking. You know, like eh. yeah. Hey, hey audience, <laughs> don't want to break the fourth right? wall here, but grr, snakes. <laughs> We get like little uh, anger lines above his head. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and then and then the, the pilot guy never comes back, right? He's just yeah, he's done. That was he, that's his only thing. He's one I of fly indie in the Amazon. That's it. <laughs> Occasionally, maybe it's maybe it's his regular <clears throat> regular Amazon flying man. Maybe that's it. I also think it's interesting that he's like so he's so well known for getting these artifacts and stuff, but mm -hmm. see him really get one yeah yeah i mean i guess he, he gets the arc eventually but it's like mm -hmm. you know he doesn't do it very effectively <laughs> yeah you know actually that's 100 percent right he's kind of not 
even all that good at being a treasure robber because <laughs> the only reason he gets the ark at the end is because everybody else is dead. <laughs> exactly. You know, just death and destruction. Everyone on that island is dead. So then he can just be like, okay, well, hi, American go government or whatever. Just pick us up here, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's awfully, well, I guess we'll, we'll mention it back then, but I thought it was awfully nice of God to put the, the, the cover back on the ark. So yeah, right. <laughs> and you can open his eyes, otherwise he's just stuck there, like looking for the arc's lid. <laughs> if you ever tried to put something away, like in the dark, you know it's impossible. Yeah, that's, it was funny too. What, what? Go ahead. I was gonna say that's that's well, uh, well, well before where we're supposed to be now, though. So yeah, that's okay. Um, it's worth saying. It's it was funny though because you know he gets back and then he's he, he's teaching a class and all the girls. He's like feeling awkward with all of the female attention, mm -hmm. you know, and the one girl has the love you written on the uh, eyelids. I know I talked about this in the Pope Notables a little bit, but it's mm -hmm. really absurd. Mm -hmm. um, well, Harrison Ford was a handsome man. I mean, you know, he's older and not unhandsome now, but um, yeah, I mean, he's handsome, but like, you know, I'm sorry. Like I, this is, this was like, this it's like the male fantasy thing right? yeah true. this is what we did it was what hollywood did and it was like no this is real women women actually do this and it's like no it's not women <laughs> don't do that not for you maybe but for me you know what there was a time when i was better looking than harrison ford no but that's not true <laughs> when, um, when was that time that was uh i don't know it was a dream i had i guess once oh, um, <laughs> oh well but Anyway, so then now all of a sudden, it is, it is army funny this idea that like I hadn't even thought of it being quite such a like a like a fantasy fulfillment kind of thing. Imagine being a handsome, successful, you know, you know, he's he's having adventures in the jungle and women are throwing themselves at him. You know, right? Exactly. It's it's absurd. Not just women, but like you know, young coeds. Yeah, exactly. But but this is part of the problem with with the myth that Hollywood sort of created around that, that like not only are women going to fawn over you, mm -hmm. but they're going to fawn over you at like 40. Yeah, exactly. Like, tw like gonna... 20 year olds are going to be like, Oh my God, this guy that could be my dad. <laughs> I love him. I love, I love the thought that these, that these uh, female college students in 1936 or whatever <laughs> in, I don't know, wherever the fuck he teaches talk like, uh, you know, in Indiana, uh, right? Yeah, in, <laughs> did you get it? In Sorry. in Jones, Indiana. Um, I like I like the idea that they talk like they're in Saved by the Bell or something. Oh my God, did you say Professor Jones? <laughs> Doctor Jones. He's so he's so adventurous. I like his hat. Yeah, I I heard that he melted some guys' faces. <laughs> that's super hot. That's so hot, so hot it melted. Yeah. I heard he killed a guy indiscriminately. I'm so attracted. <laughs> they were all they were all brown people in the local areas. He just murdered them. <laughs> what I'm looking for in a man. That's, that's that's the best part. You know, we've we've gone from like Valley Girl to like when the kids in the hall are playing female characters. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how that happened, but uh, apparently we've gone to Scott Thompson as a female. <laughs> 
what I, I feel think. like this episode has gotten unhinged. <laughs> it, it's gotten unhinged quickly, as a yeah. matter of fact, which is weird because this is a very, I don't want to say it's a standard run-of-the-mill movie, but it's not exactly David Lynch over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so let's get back to it because our army intelligence is going to show up because, you know, India yeah, but, is just as... Well, go but, ahead. But first, this is important. When all the students are leaving the classroom... Yeah, some of them give him like papers. They assume that, that their papers were due or something. But then the one last guy gives him an apple, just like puts an apple on the desk and then like walks out. And it's just so weirdly conspicuous to me. It was just fucking apple randomly and like it's falling off of the desk and Marcus needs to like grab it. It's like, okay, so <laughs> I, didn't even I don't know what it to be honest with you. <laughs> it, it, it bothered me for like the whole next scene. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> people really give people apples and like. Why? And also, as in college, they did this? And I, I just imagine this poor kid trying to get, like, an A on his paper or some shit. So he's like, I know, I'll bribe him with an apple. And then Indiana Jones isn't even at the university for, like, months. <laughs> he's got some TA. Like, oh, papers, man. And he wasted his only apple. And he's <laughs> a starving college student, you know? Yeah, and he could have eaten the apple, but no. And Marcus, Marcus even takes it. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna eat this later. All right. But then... Oh. uh but then that's when army, army intelligence shows army up. Intelli yep, they're like because you know Indy's the famous grave robber that <laughs> comes back with nothing. And, and then they're like explaining the Ark of the Covenant to them. You know that, that kind of efficiency is just what the U.S. government's looking for. By the way, <laughs> yeah, no spending kidding. a lot of money and then not getting anything. Well, what I think is like the idea that like they're explaining to army intelligence. Yeah, so the Ark of the Covenant is this thing. It's a myth. Nobody's seen it. It's buried in the thing. And then after all of this exposition, they're like, yep, sounds like something we should be involved in. <laughs> mm, yes. Get us that, that weapon that's definitely real. And, uh, it, it's even, you know, there's even the part where they're like confused and Indy's like, you know, from the Bible. And they're like, oh, yeah, only the Bible, of course. Yeah. Oh, right. The Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like. That. It's like they don't actually know what the Bible is, and they assume it's a historical document. And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, yeah, <laughs> this isn't like a fake thing entirely." Yeah, <laughs> yep, myth, myth and legend. This is definitely something we're interested in, right? Exactly. Ends and then up being, ends up being good, I guess. But but then he he ends up going right. They're like, mm -hmm. "You're gonna give him a bunch of money naturally," mm -hmm. um, and he gets. So here's, he's gonna travel to nepal mm -hmm. by seaplane <laughs> yeah by <laughs> air travel in in the 30s i guess was a bit they must have changed planes multiple times right because right like i see they they stop like in various islands and stuff but he's crossing the pacific it's very it was i also was like there was such a thing as a pan am seaplane a pan am seaplane that fit like 20 people yeah apparently so. and I just I, I loved the idea that they're gonna land the seaplane in the Himalayas. <laughs> no, they got a mountain plane. They switched. <laughs> they switched from sea to mountain, and you know it, it, the the Nazi guy is on the plane too, right? Because we he see is, him. and because he he's super fishy looking, <laughs> looking over his Life magazine, looking over his yeah, with his eyes peering out like all all whatever. Yeah. Like, I imagine you looking back close up like, on him like, yeah. hey, here's the bad guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, heck, Indy didn't notice, you know, and like they must have gotten out 
repeatedly if they were stopping at all these places to refuel, <laughs> and he still did not notice this, this fucking glaring at him from behind the whole yeah. time, and he's just, I got a whip. <laughs> <laughs> he's the creepiest man on earth. So you think, yeah. and also he knows the Nazis are after him. Maybe he gets better, you know, by the third movie. Maybe he's dealt with the Nazis <laughs> before, so he knows what to look for. I mean, this guy really is the creepiest man on earth. I don't know. I, I'd forgotten just how much he creeped me out, actually. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about this like we didn't like the movie, but, you know, oh, yeah. I, I loved this movie. But um, I have to say, though, that the, the map in the background showing you where they're going, I uh -huh. did love that. No, that's like such a, like an old timey thing. And I just, I love it. It's funny because if, like, if, say, there were certain aspects of, of this, that they used also in the mummy and it worked right because uh -huh. it's like in the same genre. If they did that in the mummy, I would have been like, "Oh, come on, this is this is stupid. this is too much." Yeah. Or if a movie, but, did but that's that, because the mummy was going with more slapstick, more slapstick than, yeah. than Raiders did. Ra Raiders, there's a certain earnestness to it that it, right, like it's not sardonic at all. You know, it's like really accepted at face value. And right, like, they're not making ridiculous jokes while somebody's being hanged. Yeah, true. <laughs> You're still on the on the hanging thing. You think it was you who almost got choked to death during this hanging scene? Well, he's like really had to be like resuscitated and stuff or whatever. I mean, it's like we almost a pretty lost crazy Brandon thing, Fraser. and they're making just the worst joke. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the other thing is that there was really not a joke that was totally worth going with. Yeah, was exactly. it, it? It wasn't. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. It wasn't his best material. <laughs> he's like my best materials in my pants you know well he definitely yeah proved that later in the movie oh, but anyway oh, yeah. <laughs> um indy he uh <laughs> i also love the the map by the way it's just it, it works perfectly here and i don't think it would work anywhere else but i love it so yeah yeah then we then we get to see Marion for the first time, who is mm -hmm. drinking way too much alcohol and seems perfectly fine. It's dangerous, I feel like. Yeah. They show yeah. that in the movies all the time, like, oh yeah, look, there's you know 25 shots they've done. I'm like, oh, yeah. so they're dead? Yeah, exactly. I've seen some like some clips online where they show somebody drinking way too much, and then the next thing is them like literally you getting know. their stomach pumped at the hospital. Yeah, but this chick just, you know, just, oh, just she's shot like, I'm not shot. even really drunk. Yeah, and then and then she's like basically fine. She's like a little tipsy after that. Right. So maybe she has like some sort of uh substance or something that absorbs it all in her stomach and she uses it for sure. You know, because I, I think that um, you know, what a hundred five pound women are well known for drinking way more alcohol than a two hundred and fifty pound man. Yeah, some um, big some big galoot. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So then Indy shows up and she and she does this like she's like, I was just a kid mm -hmm. thing with him. And I'm like, this feels like a me too situation. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's not it's entirely very fun. uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, in 1981 or whatever, I'm sure it played different. I actually looked it up. I was like, how old is the character here exactly? Because if she's like 22 or something, I'm not really sure I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look it up? How old I, is she? I looked it up. She's about 27. But And I don't mean the actor. The character is 27. Right, the character. I, I got it. But yeah, okay. That's that's definitely better. But it, so 10 years it ago, sounds it, bad. It, it's acceptable. But I was I was like legitimately worried for a second. I was like, okay, how old do George Lucas and Steven Spielberg think is okay here? You know, <laughs> even fifteen, yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have liked very much. So, yeah, it would. I mean, 
so she was 17 and he's clearly older than her yeah i don't i actually didn't look how old indy is supposed to be but I, he's got to be in his 30s right i mean he has to be right i mean it doesn't anyway i could understand why her dad's mad yeah <laughs> well basically was mad after yeah, ravenwood awesome he's a, yeah yeah amazing name who's dead yeah. they should do a prequel and show his adventures the adventures of abner ravenwood in the tens yeah i mean come on his name's abner ravenwood I you know who they should have play him oh shia labeouf no um i personally want the adventures of adult short round in the uh in the 50s and 60s or so that'd be cool and he's available he's right he is available he he's just hot. won an oscar yeah so that's what i figure but anyway um I love how. Then, oh, so I was sorry. gonna say I love how the bar is like filled with these gambling Nepalese. I guess I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Degenerates. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then they're just immediately like they go. They're gone. Yeah, everybody's they're, gone immediately because it's really. Indiana important. shows up. They're like, oh, a white man. I must yep, leave. Get out of here. And like because it's important that the bars be empty when these sorts of confrontational scenes occur, right? <laughs> right. Indy needs to show up like just as the bars close. We're closed. Indy. By the way, that was it just it doesn't matter what he says at that point. She says we're closed, and he says, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we had our first touch of uh, a bit of overacting in this scene, too, where she's like, where he's like, How many times should I say I'm sorry? And she just like flails her arms and is like, mm -hmm. We'll say it again anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, oh, some good old fashioned yeah. old Hollywood overacting. <laughs> yep, <laughs> so it felt, felt a little much. And like, did they don't show where this is, right? Like, I know it's Nepal, whatever. But like, is there a village nearby? Because where do all these people go? And where's Indy staying? Like, where's he gonna stay? Because he leaves, and he's like, all right, I'll come back tomorrow. And he's just gonna you go out into the snow? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I could have gotten a little house. bit more of this village. <laughs> he just goes right to her house and is like, oh, I assumed I was sleeping in your bed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, he's a he's a playboy, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but then. You know, and then we get some more non-subtlety here, right? So he leaves, <laughs> and then we close up, and she pulls the <laughs> mm -hmm. the necklace out, and here it is. And oh, you tricky little minx! You had it around your <laughs> neck the whole time. You're very careful with it, ex except for right now when you're just going to leave it on the table. Yeah, ex exactly. Um, oh, and then, then we get our and, then we get our then we get our so. villain. Yep, and. uh so I, I could see him being really creepy to a kid, but to me, I was like, what is with his giggle? <laughs> I, I found him insanely creepy, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a child at heart or something, because this guy freaks me out. <laughs> he's, he's weird. He's weird. Is what he is. Yeah. It's, it's like a creepy, weird, but not like... I. Okay, let me put it like that. He was, he's creepy, so yes, he creeped me out, but he didn't creep me out like scare me. He creeped me out like... Oh fucking this guy's like Jared from Subway. <laughs> Delightful. He's like, I, I, I heard there was someone who's 17 here. <laughs> yeah. No, that was 10 years ago. Somebody, somebody said they were just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't do that voice ever again. Thank you. You sound like you sound like the judge from Roger Rabbit after he's revealed to be a tune. I don't like Christopher it. Lloyd. Yeah. So anyway, um, um 
they're in there there yeah and then so yeah then they you know indy of course comes back to save the day and then you know there's a like, firefight and looking outside until you left thank <laughs> goodness yeah well okay so now we get to some indiscriminate killing mm-hmm. right because indy is going to shoot a local in mm-hmm. the head while he's on fire <laughs> i thought that that was actually like a mercy kill i was like well that's maybe than- <laughs> you know he could have been like hey stop your up and roll you know yes well, it, just, it wasn't be- like he was threatening indy you know it wasn't <laughs> like that would be a cool like line to use right if you kill the guy who's on fire stop drop and roll oh fly could have done that yeah well you're right harrison ford he's he's good but he's not he's not sly level good just imagine harrison ford you know dangling from the precipice or whatever and telling alfred molina he's just hanging out yeah exactly exactly i mean arnie would have done it you know he would have done it well too right i would love just think stop, about it. drop and roll <laughs> If only we could, you know what? Have you seen some of these AI videos that they're like? Yes, I just, I just started seeing them by Brian Monarch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, they're should, hilarious. They should do like Stallone as in Indiana Jones, like the whole movie, except it's Stallone. I would watch that. I don't know how long I would watch it. Actually, now that I think of it, I might stop quickly. But I would seek it out. It's what I would do. Anyhow, so uh, they they burned down this bar though, right? So I don't like. And Marion lost all of the money that Indy gave her and all of the money she made because she did not get that cigar box back. So that's depressing. Also, did you notice when the bad guy runs out to like cool his hands in off yeah. in the snow? It seemed like the film was sped up. Really? <laughs> that, would was, be, yeah. that would be just the slapsticky moment to, to accentuate <laughs> something in this movie. Like the, 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 the Nazis are all cartoon, you know, villains. I know. I was like, is a Benny Hill soundtrack coming? Yeah, for real. Like they're gonna <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't They're... actually know the. <laughs> you think you're doing circus music there for a second? Yeah, I was like, I started doing like, oh no, this isn't it. But uh, no, I, I saw... hear it in my head, but when it comes out of my mouth, it's different. You know, I saw a thing. It was about um, it was about this movie, and someone mentioned at the end, near the end, when um the uh, swastika is burned through on the crate that's carrying the art. Art. Uh-huh. I saw someone speculate that the uh, the medallion isn't even actually that hot. Because Marion picks it up without, she has the like a handkerchief or something, but no problem. Yeah. And that he was burned because Nazis. Like, you know, it was like, you know, burned in his skin because he's a fucking evil Nazi and not necessarily because it's so hot. And uh, you actually never see Nazis handle the thing outside of that. So. Uh, well, I thought it was hot because it was in the fire. <laughs> no, I know. But the, the theory here is that it's not actually that hot. That gotcha. Picks it up and it's like, it scalds him no matter what. Like it could just have been sitting there. And there's nothing to 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 contradict that, given that we never see it's the only time we see Nazis touch this particular thing. Sure. Oh, I will say though that, you know, I mean, heat transfers. So if he picks it up, you know. <laughs> okay, so, so it I think it's less hot. <laughs> I think we've conclusively uh proven that that this this medallion was simply hot because it had been sitting in fire. And <laughs> let's cut out everything else that I said. <laughs> so he, he runs out comically. They burn down this the bar. Again, I don't know if this is a village or what. But now it's the, village bar. No, yeah, the village has no bar now, right? So they're like, well, correct. <laughs> so now they're all, they're all going to leave. Yeah, so Indy kind of you know doesn't necessarily make things better everywhere he goes. 
Does it? No, I, it doesn't seem that way yeah. for anybody. Okay, so then now they're in Egypt, right? We, yes. We're doing the map. They go to mm-hmm. Egypt. And then Marion uh, is holding the monkey, and it's like on her face. And that's the moment where they have like, oh, I kind of still like you. <laughs> Speaking of monkeys, well, you know, she even makes the joke about how his eyes his looks. Yeah. So that's what that's what made her think of it. Now, did you? Oh, I was gonna say it's kind of funny that, that I don't even remember where the monkey came from. Just she does suddenly kind of just have a monkey, and I know that it's the guys or whatever. But it's whose? Sal. Um, no, it's the 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 guy with the eye patch. It's his monkey. Oh, right, 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 right. Which what what was his deal? I don't even remember now. I guess he was working for the for Bella. He was working for the Germans, right, or for yeah, Rene or whatever. Yeah, that's all I really remember. He he, he was actually not well. He uh, yeah, because the Nazis run into him and he you know gives them the the high Hitler and they return it and he's doing it like he doesn't know what it means, but he knows they like it. This is what I wanted to say about that scene. Also, did you notice that the music was very Han Leia? No, I didn't. It's like so similar to Han Leia in Empire Strikes Back when they're having their when you're well, like they're clearly in love. It would be fitting. I know. I just okay. So the monkey saying "See Kyle," mm-hmm. you know. Now I just know that some dude. Was brought <laughs> in to do that, and I just yeah. I love it. I like it. It's a very funny little bit, and it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the bit in Jojo Rabbit where they're constantly having to to say say Kyle back and back and forth to each other. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a great movie actually. Because yeah, it's a it's 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 a it's just a hilarious thing that apparently the I like this idea that the Nazis just like you could stop them from killing you if you if you went sick Heil. They just have to yeah. return, you know, like, okay. <laughs> yes, Heil Hitler, yes, very good. Like you just could just put off your own execution indefinitely. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> you're willing to keep that up. <laughs> um so then now he's getting chased in Egypt, you know. And uh, because the Germans have found him, I don't, you know, I, they want to steal Marion. I don't really understand the <laughs> motivations here. But um, one guy gets stabbed with a sword, uh-huh. and it very abruptly cuts off his scream. <laughs> really? He's like, ah! <laughs> like immediately, I'm like, whoa, what, what happened? My luck, I would die, and they would just cut off my scream. <laughs> I don't even get. I don't even get a, the, the courtesy of a cinematic death. I'm just gone. Yeah. And then you know we get that classic scene where he shoots the swordsman, which I mean it's such a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the entire this is, the entire sequence is a lot of fun. It is. And then it kind of it's kind of abrupt for me actually. The next bit where Arian's gone, and then just the next thing he's just I guess drowning his sorrows or something. Yeah, well, I thought it was he was kind of a dick just knocking over all the baskets. That's 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 true, and all the people thought so too. They were like, yeah, this is the baskets. And then they're on his side well, yeah. all the rest of the time. It's like, oh, that was the guy that knocked over all our baskets. Go this guy. I'd be pretty mad. This is my goddamn laundry, dude. Like carrying baskets, and you're over here fucking with me. And you see that that goes goes right along with our indie <laughs> causing trouble everywhere he freaking goes. So here's the thing that I felt. So the next thing that happens, so he shoots the guy in the bazaar, right? The mm-hmm. sword. Which was strange, right? Strange. Okay, he's got a sword at least. Then he's like, there's the truck. It... I know they've got Marion. 
because it was bizarre. It was. Um, so anyway, <laughs> they got the truck Marion. Yeah, blah blah blah. And then he just shoots these two guys in the truck, which yeah. doesn't have Marion. So yeah. <laughs> is that just murder? Yeah, just pretty much. Murder two guys in a truck. You're like you're driving a truck, so you're dead. <laughs> Fuck everyone who's carrying like, baskets yeah, or fine. driving trucks. Watch, they're just making a delivery. They're just random idiots. Like Jesus, and no, we're dead. <laughs> and then, and then he runs into Renee, right? Mm-hmm. And Renee has this like little speech that he gives him, and like, oh, we're really close to the same. Which he's right, actually, mm-hmm. they are pretty close to the same. Yeah. And then you know he's like, you just need a nudge to push you out of the light. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, again, not being so subtle about. Yeah. Who the, who the villains are? I mean, it's it's like Darth Vader walked in. Actually, have we talked about this already in the podcast? We might have, but I remember seeing uh, this thing where somebody was asking George Lucas, like, you know, shouldn't like Darth Vader say or do something when he walks on screen that, like, you know, sort of lets the uh, the people know that he's a bad guy? He's like, and George goes, everything's in white. He's black. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, <laughs> the audience will get it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just thought that was funny. But if, if only like uh, they had composed the scene so that that Indy was actually in light and Belloc was in shadow, that would be even better. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, then they go back home and the you know the they they poison the dates right and. I mean, I, I don't. I guess I don't really understand what's the motivation to kill Indy at this point. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, but also, wouldn't they notice that the dates were wet? Yeah, he pours this poison all over the top of the dates, like yeah. it's like it's solid. It's a liquid, you know. <laughs> I don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't know that dates are like the most super absorbent things. Yeah, that they absorb poison in like the two seconds it takes from for it to be put on and then to reach out and grab them. And then of course they're just being slapstick silly with him, just like throwing it around. Like, there, oh, is yeah. he gonna eat it? Oh, he's like, oh, is he gonna eat it? And Sala with like the fucking reflexes like a cat, just yeah. Well, not reflexes like a monkey, that's for sure. Little thing. <laughs> and it was the guy. It was the guy with the eye patch who poisoned the dates. He killed his own monkey. It's very. I funny. know. It's a depressing little bit, and I like the idea of picking up, like, going to grab a handful of the dates, and like, why are these dates soaking wet? Like, Sala, <laughs> did you? What do you yeah, keep on these what's dates? Going on like? here? Did the monkey get involved over here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw the monkey, the monkey near the dates recently. Let's not have any because <laughs> they're wet. They're all wet. It's like when you have, I don't, you have children, but every time I'm around small children, I feel like things are wet randomly. I'm like, okay, wet, yeah. wet and or sticky. Like, I don't like this. I don't know what happened over here. But. Well, let me tell you, because I'm around small children all the time, especially with babies. Mm-hmm. And babies, you your clothes are just constantly dirty. Yeah. And it's not even, it mostly is just spit up. It's just yeah. so much. It's just, like, I'm, I've got spit up all over me. I don't even know where anymore. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but, so... Now they've uh, they've they're like I know where we can find this stuff right. Mm-hmm. Um, they go there's like oh there's the the map room is is over here, and I'm like 
so they didn't know where the map room was because it's yeah. pretty clearly marked. <laughs> Here, this cordoned off area with a big hole in the floor. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh my gosh, look, there's a whole chamber under here. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> and then, you know, it's, it's it seemed interesting to me that he's like going through the hieroglyphs, right? And and he's just like very exaggerating, like, this is the water symbol. There's water. <laughs> there it is. The water. This one. <laughs> it's like when people hey, we got when, it. Yep, when people translate things on 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 film, you know, it's always really slow. Like, can't you just read it? Yeah, exactly. Imagine just reading in general. Indy Anna Jones. <laughs> and oh, speaking of which, I wanted to mention this. How did how did you watch this? On Plex. You watched it on oh, because you have it? Yeah. I watched it on Paramount Plus. I've seen this before, but it's freaking listed as Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost. Yeah, Earth. that's how it was listed on Plex too, and I'm like, that's bullshit because that's not what it was. That's it was the Raiders of the Last Lost Ark, and then the next movie was Indiana Jones and the yeah. Every everyone after that has been that. It's, it's just like you know, First Blood and then Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Yeah. Like the first one wasn't Rambo; yeah. it was First Blood. So, like, are they afraid people aren't going to know? Is the big picture of Indy on the cover not going to like clue them in? I don't know. I didn't like it either. So we're we're on the same page there. Doesn't doesn't matter, but like come on. Um then so you know he eventually gets out, Salas finds a way to get him out of there, and uh and then he finds Marion. Like, man, poor woman. She's mm -hmm. like, I'm saved, and then he's like, No, nope, actually you're not. I also like she's all tied up, and he's like, Here's a you know, like kind of passionate kiss mm -hmm. and okay I, I get that she's accepting it because she's you know her character is accepting this in the in this film mm -hmm. i find it hard to believe that this guy who broke your heart 10 years ago where you're just like i didn't even understand what's going on because i'm just a kid mm -hmm. comes back in your life gets you kidnapped <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess he didn't get you kidnapped but you get kidnapped he shows up and then kisses you while you're all tied up yeah i just don't by that she's like oh my god thank the lord that you came here and kissed me this is this is just the situation i want to be kissed in. i'm feeling very romantic yeah exactly but <laughs> you haven't even untied me yet yeah i like i like indy's nonchalance with uh like because he goes into this tent just to get out of the way right yeah and marion happens to be there like he's he sees a nazi comment or something and he's like just ducks into the tent and there's marion and he's like oh yeah i meant to find you over here you know i was looking for you <laughs> Not only was this not an I, I not only did I think you were still alive, I knew just where you were. <laughs> I'll take credit for that, sure. So then we've got uh we've got Belloc being a creep and having her Oh yeah, that was super creepy. But but while he's being a super creep, um Indy's out there in the fakest looking sky in the background. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's old old movie, right? But yeah, yeah, it was very like, oh, that's not real. <laughs> um, it was interesting to me that she was even willing to put the dress on. Mm -hmm. You know, and I get that. Okay, so she's trying to like be seductive and escape, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I got that eventually, but it just, it's it's so funny to me, um, the way that like it's like, of course, this villain is you know villain adjacent character mm -hmm. is like oh well she'll just 
fall in love with me if I get her a dress and high heels. Yeah, and make her put them on. Yeah, like what? In the tent with no privacy in the desert, surrounded by Nazis. And then, and then, ooh, she took her bra off. Yeah, did they? Did they? She spends like the rest of the movie in that dress, right? No, no, no. After this, then they oh, go they, on to the the ship, and they she yep, changes there, and she changes right. into like the really really tight. Yeah, I dress. Um, which is nice, I guess, because like she had to spend that entire being stuck down in the in the snake pit. You know, she's not and only in this like, and, fancy and dress this... and heels and no bra. Yeah, she's like, I am unsupported here. So yeah, they get back into there, right? And um, uh, the snakes are freaking India out, and the you know he's got the cobra there, which is that's a crazy scene. Um, well, it's a little it's a little weird because Sala says that they're asps, and then we have a cobra randomly, and cobras don't live in Egypt, but that's okay. I guess they had them shipped in. <laughs> cobras live in Egypt. The ancient ancient do, do they? I don't know. I'm no. just. I was saying it because I, you know, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I like you know these ancient Egyptians were able to figure out a lot of different traps and things, right? So, like the ancient Peruvians figured out giant ball technology. So why can't the ancient Egyptians ship in um, <laughs> cobras from elsewhere in the world? Giant ball technology. Imagine how long it must have taken to carve that ball out of solid rock. <laughs> and it could only be used once. Yeah, only once, and like nobody used it at all. Imagine and the next guy who comes into that temple. Like it's the ball's already got, like done. He's like, oh, good thing somebody else set off that ball trap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How'd they get it up there? Now that I think of it, the thing must have weighed quite a lot. Anyway, well, I mean, let's think about this too. Like, so the the contraptions that they're using, the booby traps, mm -hmm. right? It got Alfred Molina. On the mm -hmm. way back out, which means yeah, yeah. that it was it went back, and then he triggered it again. Yeah, it's like on a spring mechanism that it resets itself. So, well, so here's the thing, you know, the law of conservation of energy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They couldn't have created something that would have just gone back mm -hmm. to no, that spring could. out again. Come on, okay. it's one. It's like it's basically a, a really small little little advancement from giant ball technology to um perpetual motion perpetual it's motion like, yeah it's like one thing or yeah. maybe two or three but like they they clearly got there it goes giant ball technology shipping cobras from elsewhere in the world when you're ancient or whatever uh and then keeping them alive for a long time i guess and uh and then and then perpetual motion that's like that's how civilization goes and to be clear to our listener, I, I don't really care about any of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't change the movie for me this, at all. This movie sucks. That was a cobra, clearly. <laughs> um, Giant balls? I don't think so. Then he burns the snakes at the stake, which I was yeah. like, man, you know, kind of rough. What did they do to deserve that? Um, they were in the way. <laughs> Indy burns there? Anything that's in his way. So then we get the creepy German guy back eventually. And uh, I guess you Americans always overdress for the wrong occasions. I'm like, is that a thing? <laughs> is that, even is a, that a stereotype about Americans that we overdress? Because I've never heard that before. Yeah, we're not exactly the most formal people showing up in tuxedos when, when jeans would do. It's just, it was a, a odd line, right? I mean, like, and then like he's like, oh, overdress for the wrong occasions. 
but he's got this like little hanger. Yeah, he's the one overdressed, man. Yeah. He's the one traveling with his own coterie of of implements and things. <laughs> anyway, and he's got like yeah. a, he's got like a manservant to take his stupid hanger from him, which is it's a cute scene that you you know looks like some kind of weapon, and then it's a stupid hanger. Leave it to the Germans. So then. <laughs> I wrote this down because uh, I thought it was kind of funny. And in retrospect, I'm reading it and being like, is, is it? <laughs> um, but <laughs> he's somebody said, I can't even remember who said it, but it's like, this whole place is Slytherin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I spelled it S L Y T H R I N. <laughs> and I, this is how I wrote it in quotations this whole place is Slytherin, end <laughs> quote. And then, hey, <laughs> so I'm starting to think that that might be where she got it from. <laughs> She's like, wait a second, what do snakes do? Wait, no, I don't. You think that's where she got it? Probably not. <laughs> um, I would think it would have been darker in that cave, also. By the way, yeah, it's always funny when like some place that should be fucking pitch black essentially is still well well lit enough that we can see things because it's, it's a movie. So. Yeah, <laughs> they cover they cover the hole. Yeah, <laughs> there's no light. <laughs> it's, it's really goofy. It, no, it's, it's it's like it's like dim. It's not quite dark. It's just dim. So I actually. Uh, you know, she runs into like the, I guess the tomb area. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like a whole bunch of skeletons. I actually found the skeletons more creepy than the snakes. But <laughs> that snake that's slithering through the mouth of the skeleton—that yeah. uh, that was pretty creepy, actually. That's super duper creepy. Yeah. And then Indy, you know, I don't know where Indy came from, but he's ready to get her, I guess. Yeah. He's like, "Are oh, you? Why'd you run in that door? This door over here is better. It doesn't lead into the room with with mummy." skeletons or some shit right which because you know there's electric lights down there so they can see where they were going um, yeah. <laughs> so Jeez. now they've now they've gotten out and uh they're, they're going to the he's like oh it's, they're gonna fly it so we're gonna be on that plane mm -hmm. and then he's gets into a fight and it was just some funny like old-timey choreography because like mm -hmm. there was definitely a point where the guy that he's in a fight with is just like, okay, I'm down on the ground, and he's just like looking at him, waiting for the punch. <laughs> oh, there it is. It's like it's like badly executed pro wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. waiting. Oh, you got me. I had no idea it was coming. It's so diff difficult to know. I liked the fact that, like, so much in this movie could easily not work and just come off as cheesy, and and yet they managed to make it work because, like. Indy happens to run over and like the fucking old timiest bare knuckle boxer man comes out of the tent. I know. He's even got the mustache for it. Oh, good thing. How, what a coincidence. Max Schmeling happens to be working at this Nazi facility. Like, <laughs> who knew? He's so burly, too. He's like, oh, they didn't hire me just because I'm burly. <laughs> and see, he's even putting a shirt on so he can take it off and be like, eh. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to. Yeah. You can't see, but I'm, I'm doing like a old-timey like uh boxing like conan o'brien when he does old-timey yes. boxing or i know really I, i've got a picture in my head of exactly what you're doing that's me that's me or i guess i'm a little bit like the notre dame leprechaun logo <laughs> right <laughs> um 
the sound effects for the fighting also mm-hmm. not great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, again, it's the old movies thing. I'm yeah. not like docking at any points or anything for it, but mm-hmm. it's just very like, oh, these are kind of an intense sounds for these for this fight scene yeah, um it, it was a long time in my life when you know i thought that punching people was really loud yeah right exactly someone in the face is a loud proposition <laughs> echoes and not just uh, through eternity and honor turns out it's more like you know like punching a meat a meat big, big thing of meat which is really what we are at the end of the day <laughs> As as German bare knuckle boxer man finds out when he turns into ground beef, as yeah, <laughs> which is wow, what a gruesome scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even Indy knows it too. He like hides his head. He's like, I'm not watching this. Like yeah. in in universe, I'm too squeamish for this. <laughs> I um, it's funny to me too because like, so you know Spielberg's doing this and. Mm. He's had some pretty gross visuals already in this movie, and mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't really show this one. And I just think mm-hmm. about like, what if Stallone were directing this? <laughs> we would have seen every bit of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this guy gets ripped apart, and there's a lot of explosions here. This is like Explosion Central. Yeah, exactly. And then they all drive away. So now, now we've got a ch- <laughs> like a chase scene. Everything is exploding. Let's drive away. <laughs> You're like sneaking away. Like we didn't do this. And then so, the chase scene is indeed uh it's long. This is like a long chase scene. I didn't remember it being quite this intense. Yeah, it was really long. And actually I forgot to say one thing. Um was so she knocks out the guy in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And I just I thought it was kind of funny because she's like can't lift the guy off the cockpit. Yeah. But earlier she pulls the guy through a doorway. That's true. Oh right, when she hits him with the with the with the pan. Yeah. Another fairly slapsticky, very moment. slapsticky moment. Yeah, which which this is what I mean when people complain that some of the scenes in um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull were too slapsticky and like. It's like have you watched the rest of the series? Yeah, the series has some moments like this, and maybe it's like a matter of degree. Like, just it went overboard, but like, there's some different slapstick going on. Indie indie like kills people even through through slapsticky means occasionally. Well, anyway, um. So yeah, anyway, and yeah, now we're on the the very long chase scene and the I ha- the thing that I really enjoyed the mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a good chase scene, but the thing that I really enjoyed was the guy landing on the hood mm-hmm. and looking through the windshield. It's, yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Again with like some, some some things that could easily be a little Yeah, and then all much. of a sudden they're on like a giant like cliff. Mhm. Because one car just goes flying off. <laughs> it's just like this crazy of, huge fall. A lot of the other Nazis that like he, you know, rammed into or whatever, knocked that they just sort of went off the road. They sort of just went into some water, you know? Right. Like guys on the motorcycles, they just fell into some water and they were fine. They could even get back on their motorcycles and drive away, maybe. These guys go off a goddamn cliff. They are <laughs> they got the short end of this stick. Most yeah, of the like other a guys. Five thousand foot cliff. It's crazy. Yep. There it's I don't know where they are that it's suddenly the fucking end of the world. Like <laughs> the edge of the world, I mean. Not, not time-wise, the end of the world. It's I felt bad for I felt bad for them because everybody else was basically survivable, whatever they went through. But these guys unless they've got parachutes yeah they, they're not coming yeah, back from that i don't one. know if they packed parachutes but, and um, i didn't remember that indy got shot 
Did mm-hmm. you? Oh yeah, no, I I uh, didn't either, and I was actually a little surprised. You know, it's it's your typical uh, whenever the good guy shoots, he happens to get a you know a kill shot, but he gets shot, and it's just ooh, ooh ah, got me on the arm a little. Just grazed me, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. And, and then the, uh, and then the so then he gets thrown out the. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that's exactly where I'm going. The bit where he gets thrown out of the the thing and he's hanging Crawls on the, under yeah. the car and yeah. I was like, a, I was, I forgot how badass that entire thing actually yeah. is. I, I didn't remember that occurring, and I'm like, Jesus, I don't know how the stuntman or whatever, like this, give this guy some a little bit of a a raise, I guess. He's yeah, he's no not kidding. He's not quite um, going from the, one plane to the other on the on the wire stuntman level, but he's pretty good. Well, I actually noticed something during that scene. They do speed up the film. Oh, do they? Yeah, you can you can actually see it in one part, um, and it's not like bad or anything because look, of course mm. they had to speed it up because if they were driving fifty miles an hour, yeah, <laughs> dragging somewhere, it would be terrible. Um, but but yeah, so actually, what I thought was funny about it too is he gets back in and then he throws the guy out the exact same way. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you just survived that, don't you? <laughs> You have you have direct evidence as to why this is not necessarily an effective way of of disposing of your enemies. If you really want to be sure, you have to throw them off of a five thousand foot cliff. You can't just toss them out the door. I, I thought I was the, I thought it would be funny if the if the German then crawled underneath back underneath the truck and it's just an endless yeah loop and the endless loop of, the, of the, <laughs> he goes in he throws Indy out and then yep. Indy does it. Um, <laughs> Well, but nope, he he ends up, which is <laughs> That's the, not the part happened. that I think is funny, too, because it's like, so then this guy goes out, and then he just gets run over. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Indy's, <laughs> okay, Indy can do it, but not this guy. Yeah, come on, this guy's in the star of the movie, he'd get his own movie franchise if he could do that. I'd kind of forgotten about those pirates that he, that they end up on the ship for, I don't know what I... Oh yeah, so- I forgot about the ship. Yeah, it's like a whole sequence that I'd kind of forgotten existed. Like, because I remember them kissing and everything, but I think I thought that, that was at the very end. It's a little strange, like it's a little bit of a false ending kind of thing. And then, oh, the Germans are actually back with their submarine. That's right. So I, forgot, I, I, I skipped that whole part because this that's what happens, right? Marion gives a really like heartfelt little speech to Sala mm-hmm. and gives him a kiss. And apparently Sala really likes marion's kiss yeah he's he's got like three kids but you know mrs sala doesn't doesn't kiss like marion ravenwood (laughs) and then she's in there and he's like in the boat and she's looking in the mirror and then she flips the mirror and i guess she hits him yeah speaking of slapsticky moments but it was like weird because it was like they panned way out for the Yeah. Right, yeah. But then her reaction to him, like screaming loud enough you could hear him across the ocean, was just like, "What happened?" Huh? Yeah, and it it was like very non. It was just like, yeah, okay, like he didn't, he didn't just you know scream at the top of his lungs. Yeah, that's <laughs> it was like, very weird. It's a bona fide holler, and and uh, she kind of barely noticed. She just turns around. Hmm? Was that in? Would you say? And then we maybe do it. I don't know. Um, but okay, so let's talk about the the little love scene, right? Because she's mm-hmm. like, "Where doesn't it hurt?" And he points to his elbow, and she kisses it. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that's not how it works. Everything <laughs> you're supposed to kiss what hurts. But <laughs> you know, I hadn't even thought of it. 
<laughs> but then like she was like you know where else i mean how do you not immediately point to your dick <laughs> how is that not like the first move like that that doesn't hurt you're, you're a real gentleman as always <laughs> Well, I mean, at least it would be funny too, you know. Like, you can pass it off as like, ah, I'm just kidding, you know. But like, you could have been like, unless, unless if she was, if she starts going down, you're like, I was, yep, it's worked out well for me. Serious, yeah. Um, but I, I I was thinking about this when they were showing like all the Nazis. I'm like, boy, the Nazis really did love their flags, didn't they? So many flags. I was thinking that too, actually, when they get into the submarine hangar. It's not a hangar. I don't know what it is. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this is like, I was thinking, like, man, like, it's a good thing they didn't run out of red dye. And then Renee eats the bug. Yep. Which is hilarious. Um, and then I'm thinking, so in, in the final showdown, which is just gruesome as hell, why does the arc do this? Um, I guess it's the power of uh, i don't know <laughs> just so people were able to carry the ark around before and open it other times but now if you do it you just have your face melted and I'm also going, you don't I'm have going. anything happen to you as long as your eyes are closed god knows you're not looking no peeking that's the thing it's they peeked and he knows like if you look through <laughs> Like if you open up like your fingers just enough that you, your eye can like peek right through your your hands when you're holding them over your eyes, he'll know. And it's a lot like Santa. It's a lot like Santa. No, All but right, well, here's no here's an important question. No, because uh, I assume it's because they're Nazis, right? Because it burns the hole in the swastika thing, right? And the, and, uh, and also does not burn his hand. They're not worthy, basically. Yeah, they are killing many Jewish people, as God would know. He could stop it, of course, but he'd rather just wait for them to open the ark and kill these specific thirty Nazis, <laughs> not the rest of them. <laughs> but it's, that, was it's, that was good. It's kind of weird that Hitler even wants the Ark, don't you think? Because if the Ark is real and the Ark has all this power, doesn't it mean that the Jews are the chosen people and the Jewish religion is the correct religion? Which is, it's also a little strange that after the movie, Marion and Indy aren't like, you know what, I'm going to go to church from now on because I have fucking definitive proof that not only does God exist, he will fucking kill you with lightning if he's angry at you. <laughs> right, exactly. He is apparently Zeus, mostly, for the most part. Just less sex, I guess, which is the most fun part about Zeus. Um, well, you but you know then, what, though? They never actually witnessed it. They didn't witness they it. Eyes right. closed. Seeing is believing. You're right, <laughs> yeah. you're right. Um, just they, they could have all just died of heart attacks. But then also Indy... <laughs> right, with their faces melted. Evidently, Indy has also witnessed that uh, Kali Yaga, or whatever... The the uh, is the Indian god is also real since Temple of Doom stuff is real, and he also witnesses that the Holy Grail is real, and he also witnesses that there are aliens. None of these things seem to affect him very much. It's all like water off of a duck's back with him. He just goes back to doing these things. <laughs> yeah, you'd think it would change his outlook on life. Most bit. people, I think, would want would have like a little bit of a. Uh, they'd at least think it over. But Indy's just like, all right, where's the art? Gotta go put it in the museum. That's all he's thinking about. Well, let's move on to the rank. The rank. It's my favorite part of the show. Yeah. We, uh, we, almost, we, we almost called this show the synopsis and um, decided to go with the rank instead. Good yeah. idea. That's me. The potent notables. Yeah. We, 
you know, the synopsis actually would have been fairly good. I think it's too long of a synopsis that we do. But uh, you're sitting there thinking, it's a too late change. I like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this podcast is just about us talking about the movie we just watched. Yep. <laughs> you Nothing could just go watch it. the movie. But <laughs> you'd rather hear us talk about it. Anyway, the rank we're going to talk um, about. Yeah, ten we uh, categories. ten categories. That's right: story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase and fights, chase slash fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal slash hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown. We'll rank it on a scale of one to five: one being the worst, five being the best. First one up is story, and Zach, you get to go first. Story. I I would like to say that this entire movie I had a difficult time ranking because. I kept trying to like curb myself. I I did the same thing. I and then you know what I just well anyway we'll talk about it at the end. Go ahead. Yeah, I basically decided to just go go with it, go with my first instinct and not worry about. That's actually what I about did. So for story, I went four point five. I could have gone higher, but I decided that. You know what? Actually, maybe I should have done that with originality. But I decided that it's kind of purposefully not the world's greatest. Like, like five would be like the greatest, you know, bit of a story that I've ever seen in a movie. And this story has some holes. It has some you know, whatever, but it's still really good. So, yeah, I uh, I basically felt the exact same way. I gave mm-hmm. it four point seven five. Yeah. Okay. Similar. So, you know, and I did the same thing. I was just like fighting the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, do I just love this movie or, yeah. you know, is it too much childhood sneaking into me here? Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting because some of it doesn't maybe sound as good anymore in the context of modern times, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I loved it. So whatever. But yeah, the next category is acting. And for acting, I gave it a four and a half. Mm-hmm. I actually think the acting is pretty excellent. Um, there's maybe a little bit of overacting in places, but uh, overall, I think it's it's, it's pretty great. Uh, kind of the same. I gave it a four. Um, Could have gone higher, but um, I kind of I maybe should have gone higher because part of some of the acting is a little cheesy and a little over the top, like you said. But it's kind of supposed to be. So. Like, yeah, I I, fe- I never felt like it took. N- took me out of it except like a couple times it did but like not yeah. enough that i would give it a low score definitely not i am in fact going to put mine up a little bit at 4.25 because i just talked myself into thinking you know what they probably went into it thinking i'm gonna play this a little cheesy yeah i'm gonna ham it up a little bit yeah because otherwise I, this isn't hamlet you know yeah exactly i mean i would say you know i'd spent a long time since i've watched all of the indiana jones movies but i do mm-hmm remember other ones being cheesier than this one yeah this one's probably the least cheesy if i'm remembering correctly but yeah so let's go to originality what do you have for that for originality i gave it a 3.9 which feels low but it's not supposed to be super original it's supposed to be an homage to the to the old old sort of serial stories that they used to so like that they used to watch i mean so right so I went a little bit lower since it's not really supposed to be like, hey, I thought of the most original idea ever. Let's make a movie. It was probably more like they probably took. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they took from various sources and were like, I saw one once where they went after the arc. Let's do that. You know? Yeah, right. Well, 
this is kind of funny because I feel like this this sort of fits for both of us the way this mm -hmm. has gone so far because I gave it a four. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> like we feel really similarly about the film, except that I'm giving it just slightly higher. A little bit higher, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's a fairly common genre. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the adventuring archaeologist slash relic hunter. Um, but I think it's pretty original. I think it's original enough in the mm -hmm. sense that how many times have you seen this redone since then? Not not very many, you know. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's like they did it the best. So anytime you do it again, you're comparing yourself to that. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think it's a tough place to be. Yeah. So let's go to action sequences. And mm -hmm. for me, action sequence, I gave a four and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought the action sequences were actually really excellent. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's some things that haven't aged well, but uh, for the most part, they're excellent. I, I never really, during the action sequences, I never felt like, oh, there's some old movie stuff. That yeah. happened a little bit with the chase or mm -hmm. the, the fight scenes. Mm -hmm. not, not the chase scenes so much, but the fight scenes. But the action sequences, I never really felt that way. But, uh, but yeah, well, what do you have for action sequences? I gave it a five. Um, there you go. Hard to imagine being much better, actually. Um, maybe like it's 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 really not as as technology and as like just uh, the amount the people that they can hire and the amount of time they can put into it go uh, gets higher and better. Uh, you're gonna like some modern movies are gonna look a little bit better. The fights are gonna be a little right. bit more, con you know. But really. It's hard to imagine one being much better for me. Yeah. Well, so for what do you have for Jason fight scenes? Jason fights. I gave a five because exact same thing. Um, I loved a lot of the fighting, even the ones where it looked not so super great. It was like very pow bam kind of feeling for me. Right. right. <laughs> Rip roar in time, and honestly, the stunt work, especially on some of those chases. Uh, was really awesome, and they had a great variety of chases. If you ask me, from from foot, you know, chasing people on feet, running back and forth, and the and the big long driving <laughs> driving that one truck, <laughs> and the truck is apparently indestructible. Right, right. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I thought the chase scenes were awesome. Um, you know, and the fight scenes were good. I mm. think that because so much of it was in earnest, especially with the fight scenes. It, Mm -hmm. I got thrown off a little bit when they did some slapsticky stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it suffers from that old, older movie choreography stuff where they were just, um, you know, a lot more careful. Yeah. Uh, so I gave it a 4.25, which, you know, mm -hmm. that's really good. That's not a five, but, uh, you know, that's really all. I, the chases were all excellent. I think the fights were where I got the score lowered a little bit. Yeah. So on to film coherence. Um, you know, it's funny because we were talking about it, and I I think that I may have gone too high, but I I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm I want to hear what you have to say about it to see if it changes my opinion on it. But I gave it a five. Okay. Um, I actually can't think of anything that this missed on. But as we were talking about it, I kind of, I'm starting to feel like, you know, the whole boat scene that really need to happen. Um, yeah. But, okay, what do you have? I guess you're right. Well, because I went with a five as well, actually. Okay. Because, like, 
the it's the plot is kind of labyrinthian it's got a bunch of you know sort of mystic elements to it and everything but they 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 do it in a way that it just breezes by you know anything right. that doesn't make sense it doesn't matter you know you're just taken away by the by everything and and now that you mentioned it i i do kind of wonder about the boat sequence because it feels it would have been better in my opinion if they hadn't made it feel like it should be the ending right like if they were somehow going someplace to get the arc rather than having it i don't know yeah it does feel like sort of contrived i mean they never had a final showdown so i get that that didn't happen i don't know it just feels i'm i'm sticking feels, with the vibe though because yeah i mean i don't have any really an issue with it i mean it's yeah so so like i guess what we're saying is like well if you had taken it out maybe it would have made the movie a little like a little less long but does it matter? I mean, it didn't, it didn't take away from my, I enjoyed that scene and yeah. I don't think that it, I don't think that there's no place for it, you know? Yeah. So, all right. So let's go on to hero appeal. What do you got for that? Hero appeal. I gave a five and I would have given it a 10 if I could. It's hard to think of a hero. I like more than Indiana Jones, um, both because of how they made the character. And frankly, because I don't think anybody could have played this as well as Harrison Ford does. Um, between just being likable but not like not hammy and not uh over the top at all he's understated in exactly the right way um i just i i mean i again i would go i would go twice as high if it was a, an option so well this might surprise you mm -hmm. i gave it a five okay <laughs> <laughs> so you also uh, like indiana jones. yeah i mean come on it's indiana jones how much better yeah. can it get yeah. right i mean uh, how do you not give it a, the top score? Mm -hmm. um, so, well, we agree on that one. I don't think that I we guess need, really need to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to villain appeal slash hatred. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a three point seven five. Okay, so you didn't really. Well, you know, I the I guess what the villain here is basically the Nazis, mm -hmm. right? And you know, I like the Nazis. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't see why I, they had to be so mean to the Nazis. <laughs> exactly. Well, so, you know, maybe Rene is a bad guy, too, or the villain. Well, let's see what our special guest Steve Bannon thinks. What did you think of this? <laughs> I thought this movie was mean to the Nazis. Okay, yeah. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't shout. Like, it's, it's almost what I am, and I'm shouting about how I think people are mean to the Nazis. So, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe Rene is yeah. a villain. You know, I, so it's not like I, I didn't have an issue so the the creepy guy didn't really do much for me um renee was good but i never really pictured him as a villain and i think they just sort of relied too much on them just being nazis right you just you have to hate nazis and so therefore yeah. they're all nazis um but i wasn't really rooting against them you know i was just rooting for indy like i just wanted yeah. indy to get the arc and, mm -hmm. um so i I think part of it too is that Harrison Ford is just such a charming actor. Mm -hmm. It sort of overshadows the villains mm -hmm. quite a bit. That's actually pretty much what I felt too. I gave a four because I uh, I did quite dislike the villains and wanted them to lose, but um, I'd want I, I would want you know the Hebrew God himself to lose if he was going up against Indy. So I suppose <laughs> it's saying so much. Um, 
I uh, I thought that that one German guy was way creepier than you did, so I thought that he was like a super effective villain. I was like creeped out as fuck by him. And but the problem is, is that uh, Rene is in fact I find him a little boring. Like I get it, I get that what they were going for. I kind of forget he's in the movie every time. I think I always think he's a Nazi when I think of him. Right, he's supposed to be like a sympathetic villain. Yeah, but I don't. And really I'm just like that. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, me either. Um. So what about supporting characters, Peel? What do you got for that? Supporting characters, I gave four point seven five, which feels a little high now that I say it out loud. But I liked them all. I thought that Karen Allen, it's her name's Karen Allen, right? Yeah. Um, I thought she was really good, really uh, charismatic. Um, I liked the character of Marion. Uh, I liked Sala. He's really good, and they bring him back in later ones, which I like. Yeah, everybody's really good. Like, I enjoyed Indy's cast. Of, oh, I like Marcus. He's he's one of my like undercover favorite characters. He's barely in this one, but I uh, I kind of like him. Yeah, I, I feel very similarly. I I gave it a four point two five, mostly because the weird giggly German didn't do much for me, and because Renee is kind of blah. You know? How dare you call me that? <laughs> you know, it's tough because like. I wasn't sure whether they're in supporting characters appeal or villain appeal, but with those guys anyway. Um, yeah, I know he was supposed to seem menacing, but he just he was just kind of ridiculous to me, you know. Um, everyone else I really enjoyed though. Yeah, Sala was great. I, I mm -hmm. thought Marion was was really charming and fun. And um, I mean, sometimes it was a little bit silly, slapsticky with her, but um, which yeah. you know took me out of her character a little bit. But that's not. You know, not that big of a deal. So, yeah. So let's go on to the final showdown. Hans, would you say I giggle? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I giggle. I mean, excessively. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a German accent the entire rest of the goddamn podcast if you let me. So let's move on to where we're, where are we here? Um, final, final showdown. showdown. So I gave yeah. it a four. A four. Yep. Uh, it's a crazy scene that's super gruesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of a letdown that after all this chasing and stuff of the indie just he just is he spends tied the, up he spends it tied up yeah yeah um i mean it's still a great showdown it just feels very like okay so they're all dead <laughs> you know um <laughs> i don't know it's still awesome I mean, it's iconic but it, it's kind of funny you... it's kind of funny actually that you say that because i see what you mean i hadn't thought of it but like God kind of takes care of it at the end. Indy. Right, exactly. <laughs> what Indy can't do, you know, God will. That's I live by that saying, frankly. But I give it a five. <laughs> I feel like I'm handing out fives like they're going out of style here, which I feel this is why I was like, I should give it lower, I should give it a four. And then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, my immediate, go with what you want. Right? Yeah, my immediate reaction is that this that scene is fucking awesome. Um, I love I love the I mean the effects aged. This is probably the, the part of the movie that aged kind of the worst, if you think about it, because it does look, it doesn't look like CGI at all. Like it looks like they used old time techniques, but it worked for me since it's got such an otherworldly kind of weird quality to it. Like, like Hebrew God is melting your face. So it looks like clay. Um, the face I love, you know what I love is the way that the three main guys who die, like really gruesomely, they kind of died differently. Like one of their heads explodes. <laughs> I, th I think that's the creepy Nazi guy because I don't know if you remember, but he's just screaming too. Like he's like yeah. unsettlingly screaming like <laughs> yeah. the entire time. I love it. I love the idea that like he's seeing the horrors of hell or some shit like before his eyes and knowing that there's no redemption. It's kind of an odd thing to be excited about from my perspective, but it's 
<laughs> it's I get, it, I get what you're saying it's chilling and i love it and the, the face face melting and the explosion it's just awesome and you're absolutely right that it's a little tiny bit of a anticlimactic when it's like indy just opens his eyes and she opens her eyes and they're like oh well and i think god even um untied them i think he even like burned the rope so that they didn't even have to do that so <laughs> they're like oh well that was nice of him thank you god awful, awful nice fellow that god don't you think <laughs> well that is that's the rank right there yeah, and no, uh i guess you'd probably like to know where it ended up huh I'd like to know because I like, don't. That's 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 fast math. Well, what's your uh, what's your hunch? Uh, it's got to be right around the Iron Man aliens kind of level. I uh, don't know if it surpassed Iron Man though. It I, I think it's our first ninety. It's our first ninety, so that makes it number one. Number one. Number one. Ninety point four to eighty-eight point three five. Oh, so it's actually it's kind of a slightly healthy. It's a pretty of, healthy leap. Yeah. Given given everything, it's going to be a tough one to beat. I don't know if, if anything will get above it, but we've got a lot more to rank. So, um, of every action movie ever, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, it's funny because going into it, I didn't. I thought, well, it'll probably do really well, you know. Mm -hmm. But then when I was watching it, I was like, oh shit, this might be the best one so far. <laughs> yeah. Oh darn, it's like a really great movie on top of yeah. a good action movie. Well. <laughs> Sorry, Iron Man, you're really good too. And Aliens is really actually a lot of these are really good. And yeah, there, I I don't think we've seen one that's really terrible except for Bloodsport. Um, and I kind of enjoyed Bloodsport. Right, so, so you I, get to enjoy that one, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty as we go forward here that I'm going to enjoy, and you're just going to be like, John, this <laughs> is so bad. You've lost your mind. Yeah. And you're <laughs> like, going to point. I back see to, you. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna point back to remember when you enjoyed Bloodsport that one, and I'll be like, you're right, you're right yeah Every, exactly everything has its place <laughs> but yeah readers of the lost ark it's it makes sense that it's that it's this movie if, yeah if, if, if something is going to be number one it makes sense that it's raiders of the lost ark exactly at least so far so far yeah um I'll, that's a high score i don't know if, i don't know if anything will get above it but maybe you never know something um, would have to get fives just down the board you know It'd be pretty crazy if we had one that was all five all the way. I don't know. If, I can't imagine that being possible, but maybe. So thanks for listening again to our fun and silly little podcast here. If you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Check us out next week when we're ranking Spider-Man, the, uh, the first one with Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst and... Um, Willem Dafoe, James Dafoe, Franco. Yeah. That's the one I was trying to say, and I was like, uh, "Who's the guy that got in trouble?" Because he was kind of a weird, rapey guy. <laughs> That's James Franco for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So check us out when we're ranking that. Pretty exciting that we had a brand new leader, right? Yeah. And Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now the the best action movie of all time. Um, I don't know if Spider Man will. We'll beat it, but maybe. You never it's gonna know. It's going to be tough to beat. And okay, so we'll thank you again, and goodbye. And a la vida. And I just ended up doing it myself in my pee hole. Um, <laughs>
<laughs> so today's film 